Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the show, visit us at patreon.com. And for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron. Or you can buy cool Lorehammer products like shirts, coffee mugs, and dice bags at www.redbubble.com. Don't want to spend any money? Well, you can help out the show by giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also hop on over to Facebook and like our page, and feel free to send us a message. It's the only enjoyment Mark gets out of his miserable life. Welcome to Lorehammer, episode 47, Eldari, Path of the Warrior, part two. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Hey everybody, I'm Mark. Joining us today is uh, Jimothy. Hello. Thank you and for welcome. joining us. Welcome today. to you, Eric, and welcome to you, Mark. Oh. Oh, thank you for the welcome. Most people don't welcome us, even though we welcome them into our home. Some would say every time we do this, we welcome. So it's nice to be welcomed for once. Yeah, I'm returning the favor. <laughs> Message received. Oh, geez, that We're winking contact. back and forth. I don't like thing. it. Ooh. I don't enjoy that. Ooh. Uh, also <laughs> joining us today, uh, getting them back from last week, is Peter. Hi. Ooh. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I was never welcomed, so <laughs> oh, I'm not even God. sure if I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> I welcome you. Do I welcome oh. you? I'm not sure how this Peter, works Peter, I'm so sorry. Welcome to Lorehammer. Thank you. Welcome back, because you were here last episode. That's true. I just thought... I thought if you had someone on within three episodes, you didn't have to re-welcome them. Yeah, you don't even have to even make eye contact with no. them either after, because it's all been done. Yeah, exactly. This is just a, like a, a, a... What's it called when something hangs over from the last time? I don't think those actions make a any sense. hangover? <laughs> yeah, this is a you know, one of these Peter, things. Peter, you come back just we like this weird hangover. claw. I enjoy you about as much as, as a hangover. Oh, my. <laughs> Does that mean like you enjoy him oh, late at night in the was, wee hours in the morning, but then the, when you wake up, you're like, oh, you regret God, what have I done? You did. <laughs> That's right. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> that sounds right. Um, but before we get to started today, there's a couple things we need to take care of. Uh, the first is thanking two, count them two. That is uh, one more than one. I'm more of a letters guy. So and 998, a and B, we got a and B 998 less than a thousand. Wait, what? I was counting the number. That was a lot of numbers. Patrons we got. <laughs> oh, what can I say? I'm a numbers guy. Mm. Uh, but our two new patrons, thank you to William Natasha, which honestly I can only <laughs> assume mm-hmm. that you share that with your partner. Dudes in transition. Or, or hey, maybe William so going is by Natasha. Both. Or Natasha is William. I don't know. That's like two like very diverse names, too. Like Natasha's not very much the same as William. William is a very Western European name, and Natasha's very much not. So, well, who knows what, what's going what on? What area there. of Europe does Natasha come from? I think that's a Slavic name. Okay. He's like a profiler. <laughs> Slavic is not a real. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> it is a real thing. Slavic is not real. It's a huge thing. Okay. There's sure. South Slavs, Next thing you're going to be Slavs, telling me that West Babylon Slavs. was real. <laughs> okay. Well, no, that's just a myth. Yeah. <laughs> that the government tells you. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. It's at the bottom of the ocean with Detroit. Anyways, <laughs> the other patron that we have is Scott. So thank you, William, Natasha, and Scott for your patron. Tell us about Scott. 
Yeah, where's Scott? I'm pretty sure that's a Scottish name. <laughs> I don't know enough to disagree. I'm pretty sure it is, actually. Send Eric messages with your comments and concerns what? about mm-hmm. Scott, mm-hmm. the name. No way. Etymology. That's too on the nose. Scott Scottskin. <laughs> Scott McScottledougal. <laughs> Scott McScottigal. <laughs> Max Scotty. That's what it is. Anyways, um, if you guys would like to contribute to us and have us talk about your name and where you potentially did or did mm-hmm, not come mm-hmm. from, uh, you can check us out on Patreon for the low, low price of $300 a month. Mm-hmm. After six months, we will fly you out to meet us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll just get a personal thank you handshake from us at the airport and then, and we'll, then we'll, send, we'll send you on your way. Yep. You can stay in Calgary. You can leave Calgary. You whatever can, you want to do. We're not paying for that though. And we won't hang out with you anymore. No. Why would we? You ever seen Dylan again? Dylan who? <laughs> That's right. Answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, there was a, a shout out that we got a message from is maybe like a, a week ago. I don't something. even remember. Two it. weeks ago. I don't know. I was scrolling through <laughs> our, our Facebook messages uh, the other night because obviously I didn't want to study. <laughs> who does that so i was reading like old facebook messages and this guy was like hey can you just talk about um my little brother and tell him to stop being a little bitch mm-hmm. so lewis's younger brother this is going out to you um stop being a little bitch what if the younger brother is significantly younger like, like you just s- called like a six-year-old boy yeah a little bit that's ignorance and i'm gonna claim that in court obviously <laughs> uh-huh. i didn't know uh-huh okay Ignorance is nine eighths of the law. So <laughs> nine eighths. So it's accurate. accurate. So many facts on this podcast, <laughs> none of which are real. I'm assuming. I they're, Mark. They're called facts. Uh-huh. They're not called falsities. Uh, what's one thing only an elephant can have? A trunk? No. Nope. Uh, Baby elephants. <laughs> He stole my joke. <laughs> I could steal baby elephant and no, have a baby elephant, but you can't have a baby elephant give birth to one yeah that's not what you said though you said have okay well that's clearly what he was thinking (laughs) i can't read his mind so i'm gonna assume that i can have a baby elephant i'm gonna come back here next week (laughs) we're not invited back i'm gonna come here to this place (laughs) i'm gonna bring a baby elephant good thing we drug here good thing we drug everyone when we're done so Mm -hmm. they have no recollection of our recording (laughs) wait what (laughs) peter this is the 300th time drink this peter (laughs) drink this (laughs) Uh, Uh, the other shout out we have is for eric oh i don't know what this one is it's for you eric okay uh eric did all the episode notes for this episode because i had to work tonight (laughs) i didn't do all of them my i did uh, a third of them is it too much to ask that all i want from lorehammer is like you know the fame the wealth the women the prestige all those i don't want to have to write episode notes is that too much to ask for no no no. here's the thing you can ask for anything oh is that too much to have that's all I want. Yeah, that's way Yet too much. Every, every, I always have to make episodes, though, so it's nice that you did it all this time. It is, it is it actually was... surprising the amount of time we've actually put into Lorehammer outside of podcasting. Because to everyone who's listening, it probably sounds like we literally just sit at this computer and talk out our ass. For the first 10 minutes, we do. And that's why it's like this. Mark, it's only been six and a half. <laughs> we got four more minutes Calm your mammaries. Ah! Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, honestly, probably spent, if not an equal than just under amount of time prepping and then also just talking about Lorehammer. Oof. Some would say it consumes my life. Oh, yeah, right. I don't know how many conversations out of Lorehammer that we've actually had. 
You mean like you and me? Yeah, just you and I personally. I don't. I don't want to talk to you outside of Warhammer. No, (laughs) I barely want to talk to you about Warhammer. (laughs) (laughs) All around familiar faces. Okay. So thank you, Eric. Thank you. you hey, you know what? You're good welcome. Job. I'm excited to see what you came up with. What make-believe nonsense you came up with for tonight. Have fun because it's just copy and pasted from the Wikia. Ah, perfect. Not even the like most the reliable of sources. Wikia. And I took a lot of it from Reddit too. <laughs> oh, God. A cesspool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So someone say that's where the is detritus a bad word? Is that is that bottom feeding things detritus? This is this like another Detroit sediment? joke that I, I don't, don't get? even know. No, detritus, yeah, like is, detritus is like junk. Like yeah. Rubble. Rock. Waste or debris of any yeah. kind. So, yes. Reddit is where <laughs> you'd find used the that detritus. Word before? Huh? Who has ever used that word before? Me? I've never used it. I literally like, just used it. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. I'll back you up on that. I heard it. <laughs> I heard it. Peter heard it, guys. Okay. But uh, this is um, episode 47, Eldari, Path of the Warrior, part dos. Ooh. That was for all the Spanish listeners out there. You're welcome. Next uh, week, hear me say one word in Japanese. We're turning this into like... <laughs> I don't a, like This it. is going to be a Duolingo thing we're, we're doing now. I can barely keep up with the English, though. Well, we're going to keep a lot of it English just for you. Oh, perfect. Um, so we're talking about the Path of the Warrior. Yes, we It's a are. good path. Solid path. If you're a violent person. Yeah, Peter. Really if you're given to homicidal tendencies. Homicidal. <laughs> How would you say it? That's a Not like that. That's a different kind of homicide. <laughs> homicidal. Homicidal? Homicidal? <laughs> homicidal. How would you say it? That's a hate crime right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I say it? I said it normal. No. no you didn't. You said homicidal. <laughs> It's that fine. doesn't change the meaning of the word. Mm, it might. <laughs> it's debatable. It does. It very Not much whatever. does. <laughs> I don't have to put up with this bullshit. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. Uh, but today we're talking about Path of the Warrior. Um, it's a continuation of our last episode. So truly, like... For all the people who uh, are just literally starting in at this one, do not listen to this one first. Go back to episode one. Actually, the introductory (laughs) to Lorehammer. Listen to those 46 episodes and you know what we're talking about in this one. But if you really don't want to do that and you just want to listen to the path, make sure you listen to episode 46 first because we do talk about it. But in case you did not listen to that warning and you still want to ignore the wisdom that we are dispensing Mm. to you, here's just a little taste of what episode 46 was like. Go ahead, Mark, take it away. The Path of the Warrior. Uh, so the Path of the Warrior means um, the Eldar, they have to focus on something specific, otherwise their soul gets eaten by Slanish. We've talked about this a bunch. So the Path of the Warrior is just one of the paths that they can go on, and they are the defenders of the craft world, and they're like the priesthood of Cain, the god of war. So they focus everything on becoming the best warrior they can. Yeah, um, and once you're on the path, there's a bunch of different uh, like branches you could take and, and these these are all trails. branches hmm? trails even what's wrong with branches you don't I think are you a tree a, are you a branchophobe <laughs> you're sticking with the path theme yeah exactly path, trail yeah. it's a path on the tree obviously <laughs> no the, that's not the a thing path of life a is in the tree a branching trail mm-hmm. 
Sure, that works too. Anyways, um, so with this, this making me homicidal. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the in the path of the warrior, there's a bunch of different ways you could express your violent tendencies, and these are called aspects. Um, so each aspect is unique in their philosophy and in their execution. So someone who's on different aspects, while they're both on the path of the warrior, they will function very differently. Yeah, one might embody the path of uh, vengeance, while the other one might embody the path of speed or like dexterity in combat. But in the end, they're both defenders of the craft world. Yeah. Shrines. We also mentioned shrines. So shrines are um, the physical locations where aspects meet. Each shrine is dedicated to a single aspect and is maintained by a single exarch. So it's yeah, it's their little hangout, their little clubhouse. Right. Exarchs will live at the shrine. They do not leave it, um, but regular warriors, they do. Yeah. They, ha- they have their, their houses or whatever outside the shrine, and they come to the shrine every day for training, education, meditating, yeah. stuff like that. They even like repair equipment and maintain it and stuff and uh, make it's sure it's a house. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's a tree house. house. <laughs> branches. With branches. With branches. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, something else we talked about, which we will continue talking about, is Exarchs. So these are Eldar that are lost on the path of the warrior. Um, they are viewed by Eldar society as already dead by the Eldar population because they can never leave this path. Yeah, they've given everything into just violence. Yeah, violence and the dedication towards death dealing, which is pretty sad to an Eldar. So they're, they're, they are regarded by society by equal parts pity, fear, and honor. Because yeah. even though other Eldar will pity them and fear them, it's still, they recognize the necessity of it. So yeah. they are still afforded a level of honor and respect. But if ever, it's an interesting little tidbit. Just this is a little tidbit for you, Jimothy. Um, thank you. I'm holding his hand. And oh, honestly, that, don't it's tell a weird them. way to. It is odd. <laughs> it's like I stole your nose, but you have the thumb and the, it's weird. Anyways, um, an interesting thing is, if you ever see an exarch as a regular member of society, you do not acknowledge them. And really? that, yeah, that's actually a way that you Shunned. honor them oh. is that you don't acknowledge them because they are I already must really honor my wife. Then <laughs> we will throw in a link me. to, <laughs> we'll throw in a link to like some marriage counseling at the end. This, this is just a PSA yeah. for, for if anyone has any there. good online courses. <laughs> Jimothy, have you ever met my wife? I have once, actually. Have you? Oh, my. Yeah, Yeah, but did you really? No, I saw her That's right. (laughs) Through the window. (laughs) Mark was in there, too. I don't know if he knew I was was there. (laughs) See, the the funny thing is, it was through a window, right? Yeah. See, that wasn't his wife. That was a cutout. Oh, yeah. That was a cardboard cutout. Home Alone style. It makes so much more sense now. I picked it up so easily. That's how you... I was wondering. He just like picked her up and threw her under his arm and just went into the bedroom. I don't know what he was doing. And then he came out 30 seconds later. He was done. That's all it takes. Okay. When you're as good as sex as I am. <laughs> I don't think that's... It only takes 30 seconds. <laughs> Two minutes in heaven is better than one minute in heaven. Um, so Exarchs, the final thing is they are the custodians of shrines and they train the aspect warriors. Yeah. Uh, one other thing about shrines too that was really neat and that I didn't know, but, like, shrines are, like, crazy vast areas. Like, some are, like, the size of, like, provinces or states or whatever you want to call them. Cities, even. They're these vast things, and some can be, like, 
Swampland, other could be like Urban Warfare. It all kind of uh, depends on how the Exarch kind of likes to do his style of war, what his kind of flavor is. And it's just like, you, yeah, when you originally think of a shrine, you think of like, you, you know, think of a small, like a, a room exactly. with like a, like a physical shrine yeah, yeah. in the middle of I, I it. I picture a gazebo in a field with birds flying through it. And Peaceful. Yeah, and there's flowers. And then shuriken <laughs> catapults <laughs> shoot out all the birds, yeah. And then you have yep. to be careful where you step. Mm-hmm. Naturally, monomolecular. But, yeah, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it was just a very cool thing to picture. And the one in here that we eventually will talk about, um, Crimson Hunters, they got a very cool shrine. So the one around. Yeah. yeah. So we'll talk about that eventually. But shrines are just, they're such a cool thing. And you could, uh, like, really come up with your own flavor of how, like, your your aspects aspect yes if you're building a story around it like don't be scared to really up the scale with your shrines i mean if you have a reason for having an absolutely tiny shrine yeah that's cool too but some people have tiny shrines i'm sure they do and you know it's about how you use the shrine obviously (laughs) (laughs) not everyone can have a province large shrine it's just not gonna (laughs) make sense for all aspects to have that Mm -hmm. But yeah, it um, he's so gentle. I can't argue <laughs> with him. It, it's kind of cool because with the shrines, shrines are only three inches. <laughs> really? What? That's all you. That's sometimes that's just all you got. That's you got the small shrine, three inches. Are we three still inches. talking about shrines? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Huh. Elder are very nimble, so they can all dance in the spot of that shrine on top of yeah. each other. <laughs> it's a vertical shrine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what, one cool thing about the shrines, too, is like, yeah, we were saying you can make up your own lore for them. So you can, like, th- it's kind of rare, like, uh, to be able to write lore for an already existing craft world. Like, it would be weird if you took Allo Talk and then you wrote your own custom lore for it type thing. Or you wrote a bunch of weird battles about it, you know? I'm not sure I fully agree with that. Well, well you, can, you can do it as long as you stay within the realm of reasonable reasonability sure like, like i but, think there's nothing wrong with writing in alatok oh no, no as long as you're not, not killing off what is it eldrad uh is he I, i'm not sure in la talk no no i don't think he is whatever if you're but not, like if you're yeah. not killing named characters or or saying creating someone that's like leading the whole thing yeah but do, it's, because it's, shrines pop up and disappear all the time yeah so you could write shrines within Alotalk and you could make them as unique and crazy yes. as you possibly wanted and it wouldn't really mess with Alotalk, no. you know and that's kind of what i like about the shrines yeah, because you um, can do whatever you want. But exactly, it's just a very cool. You can really get creative with it. Yeah, and I, that's my favorite part about Warhammer. Yes. <laughs> okay. Good. All right. Aspect warriors. Let's talk about them. So let's talk about last episode. We covered I don't know five different ones. So now we're gonna jump into the remaining aspect warriors. And then that's, and I'm a huge fan. Sorry, I'm a huge fan of Warhammer. Of the yes, I am. <laughs> that's why I'm here, probably. <laughs> but I really like all these ones that you guys have left so i'm really happy that i got in on this one because nice. all of these aspects are super cool they do have in here is it are my favorite ones yes too, so. it might Minus have been banshees good you like those i do yeah they are pretty cool it was way it was really cool to learn about where they got their aspect from yeah because that was something it was completely new to me yeah so and we'll see a little more of that actually in this episode yeah there's a couple so stay tuned all right <laughs> aspect warriors striking scorpions mm. 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 i really like this one <laughs> you want to read some notes on this one no Tell that's us okay take know. it away i'm just gonna react to you <laughs> saying things you're gonna say things mm. and i'm gonna go Ooh. striking scorpions cane Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Aspects. Saying all the right green words. and yellow you want to come home with me tonight mark no 
What? Eric, both of you. <laughs> Why do you say Mark's name and look at me? I don't like that. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I met Mark and I just, it's over, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> no, not another one. Here, drink this. We're about to engage in some homicide. <laughs> you guys are the worst. Sometimes I say words wrong. Okay. The striking scorpions. These represent Cain's wrath. Uh, they are known as brutal warriors. They are the most violent and the most physical of all the aspects of Cain. And uh, they attempt, and keyword here being attempt, to temper the murderous rage that they feel with the patience of a stalking hunter. Yeah, and it's it's kind of unique how this actually came about, why they actually try to temper themselves as opposed to just being like berserkers mm-hmm. or whatever. Because originally they were not. Yeah, exactly. Their original Phoenix Lord actually kind of fell to his uh, berserkerhood or his just wrath or whatever. And he ended up not really falling to chaos, but he definitely got influenced by chaos. It's not like he's serving chaos now, but he's definitely... He was corrupted by chaos. He was definitely corrupted by chaos. Right, just like Horus, who wasn't really serving. Let's never talk about Space Marines. (laughs) Ever, ever. Never, ever. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's nothing like Horus. So... We'll talk more about Phoenix Lords eventually, but yeah, so the the original Phoenix Lord of the Striking Scorpions was corrupted by Chaos and was basically banished, or he fled. Because um, he was a betrayer. He was a betrayer, yeah. And he ended up killing a bunch of the... Everybody betrayed me. I'm fed up with this world. <laughs> That's what he said when he left. Uh-huh, naturally. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of so, betrayal in this, like, universe. That's oh, right. yeah. There's a lot of people named It's not a noble betrayal. universe. No. A lot of betrayal. A lot of betrayal. A lot of heartbreak, too. Just saying. So, uh, Asurman. Asurman? Asurman. Yeah, he's like the leader of all the Phoenix Lords. He appointed the next in line, who was Cariandras. (laughs) Cariandras? I don't know. I say Carandras. Cariandras. Oh, Carrion Daddies. Carrion That's now his name. <laughs> uh, so he was appointed and through yeah, his. But he was also Ara's, Ara's like number prize, one student. Yeah, prize yeah, I was student. Like, he was the most best. logical person to yeah, take over. Yeah, exactly. But what was unique like, about him was. Ara, number one. <laughs> Jeez. Carandras, number two. Best striking scorpion. That's right. Yeah. Um, but what was unique about him is he was actually tempered and, uh, he focused more on being like stealthy and like waiting for that perfect, perfect moment to get violent. Yeah. And then unleashing exactly. all the rage he felt. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. So that's kind of why now they they are tempered. They're not just this vengeful berserker warrior. It's that one was, he was corrupted mm-hmm. and now they're no longer. Yeah. Like no, like, that. oh geez, that's not going to be sustainable. <laughs> Yeah, they, they learned, he taught them patience mm-hmm. to go with this murderous rage that they had, which then made them greater warriors and yeah. more effective in their roles. Yes. It's also a really good thing to build lore around because you can, there's a lot of tension inherent in that you have all this emotion or all this rage you have to unleash, but you're also in that constant effort of trying to keep it under control in order to like it. There's a good tension. Yeah. 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 Around with that in the book, path of the warrior, the guy, uh, Corlandrel, I think is his name, but he is a striking scorpion and it is interesting to see him weigh like the murder and the rage that he feels versus what it takes to be a patient hunter. So yeah, it it makes for a great story. It's, it's it's well written. It's a good tension. Yeah. 
So the role of the striking scorpions, uh, they make excellent infiltrators because they're that patient hunter and they're known to be able to blend into like any piece of cover, even though they're wearing bright green armor with yellow, they can still disappear into the shadow. (sighs) (laughs) What do you think about that? I think anything is allowed in a world where you can summon fireballs from your fingertips. That is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're known apparently for being able to just disappear in shadows, yeah. which very really lends that like patient hunter just watching you from the shadows. You know, you're in the shower, you're singing a song, <laughs> uh-huh. you're uh-huh. lathering up your hair, mm-hmm. and then comes Aaron. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. The camera, like, you leave the frame, and then the cameras focus on the mirror, and bam, there's a striking scorpion staring at you right from the mirror, and you know, just where was he the whole time? I, I think in he was the behind the towels. <laughs> yeah, he was behind that the towels. shadowy bathroom you're showering in. <laughs> yeah, not everyone shadows Have in a you gothic seen style. <laughs> it's shadowy in there. Oh, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Never have you seen a. Wretched hive of <laughs> scum. I don't know the Did star scum and villainy. <laughs> then Eric's bad. Detritus. Uh, another thing they are do is is they've been known to pass impassable terrain, so they can claim ground when no other aspect can mount an offensive. It's their ability to use the terrain to their advantage. Yeah. They're just familiar. Um, parkour, with, parkour. Yeah, really it's all about parkour, that. Parkour, parkour. Finding like the best route, being able to slip in with ease and. Places no one else could go. So yeah, helps to be invisible. It would. So if they're able to blend in, maybe they're just like doing like some sort of weird mime thing uh-huh. with all the rocks. And they're just blending. <laughs> it's just chameleon armor. That's all it is. <laughs> that would be cool. Cool uh, if they did have that. chameleon armor. Yeah, if yeah. they did. No, they don't. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> they are once they sneak up on Eric in the bathroom. That's right. They are brutal melee fighters. Yeah, it wasn't fun. <laughs> I almost died. Uh, they start slicing Eric and dicing him with savagery. Yeah. They require heightened uh, physical strength because of this. Uh, they also wear like heavier armor and weapons because they have like physical strength. Yeah. And, so yeah. because they like they relish savagery and brutalness. Yeah. Um they are equipped with like close combat capability and they can easily like surpass terrain. They purposefully seek out the biggest enemy they can find. Yeah. So they're specifically going out for alpha targets on the battlefield cuz yeah. they're like we can get to him and then we just want to unleash our rage yeah. on him. I wonder if there's even a little bit of like an aspect of like uh um like maybe honor but not not quite like you, you like, like honorable think, combat taking on the biggest yeah, enemy yeah, you're exactly, saying Yeah yeah exactly yeah like think like uh the Trojan movie with Brad Pitt where like at the beginning he he fights the other enemy leader and then they win the war like that's like an, an aspect of war or whatever so I wonder if they kind of take a little bit of that too like they focus on like the honorable duel almost like but they're like choosing the they're biggest melee stealth fighters, so yeah. I don't think they're really. It's not like they're challenging someone. Yeah, to that's a fight. true. They're just they're sneaking up and killing the, them. Yeah, they're they're going after the biggest one, right? But they're not doing it. It's like, almost. I think it's more just bloodthirst, isn't it? Sure. If you see the biggest thing and you're a bloodthirsty savage group of guys, you just want to kill the biggest thing you can. I don't sure. think it's anything about. Yeah, yeah, and it well, could just be. I'm yeah. big. You're big. I'll kill you. Sure. No, that, who's that's bigger? Fine. Who's more powerful? That makes sense. Sure. Okay. I'm happy with that answer. Let's keep going. 
War gear. Yeah. Uh, they wear the heavier version of the aspect armor. So we talked about a little bit of that in the last episode. It's basically like uh, a body tight glove that they put on. And if you hit it, it hardens. And yeah. But it's super flexible until it gets that, uh, that hard impact or whatever. So it keeps them very mobile. Um, yeah. Um, so, but the ones they wear are heavier. Yeah. So they aren't as quick as other aspect counterparts yeah um, but they're tougher but yes because of this they can withstand heavier fire and because yeah. they're going to be moving up and going after alpha targets yeah. they will draw more fire yeah which makes but, sense again like you don't need to be speedy when you're stealthy so even though they're not speedy compared to that. uh an eldar they're still quick like, oh they're still faster than any human exactly so oh, it's sure. not like they're these lumbering behemoths you know like they're still super quick just slow for eldars um, their armor is predominantly green with yellow, black, or orange stripes being the most common uh, colors that they kind of accent their armor with. Mm-hmm. And when I, like, I didn't know when I started out learning about the lore and Eldar came up, they were kind of the first things I came across. Okay. And I just loved the aesthetic. Like, when you see them painted up really well and you just yeah. see how they look, man, they're really cool. Yeah. And I, I personally, they're my favorite model in the Eldar line. Ooh. Don't give me those eyes. I, that's why I like, like when you said, Oh, we're striking scorpions tonight. I'm like, yes, yes. because I love them. They're so cool looking. <laughs> I like their little, uh, so on the top of their head, they have like, uh, I think almost like dread. They're uh, dreads. Pre- yeah. Predator dreads or whatever. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and they usually paint those like the yellow black or whatever. And mm-hmm. yeah, it looks so good. I love it. Yeah. They're, they're a sweet model. They are. They're sweet looking. Don't give me those <laughs> eyes, Eric. Eric stage. They're my first love. <laughs> in Eldar. <laughs> oh my. Their helmets. How could you do this to me? <laughs> How could you betray me? Their helmets are uh, equipped with, they're called mandiblasters, and their pods fitted on either side of their helmet along the jawline. Yeah. Think like, take like two empty toilet paper rolls and stick uh-huh. them right along Cosplay your jaw. Cosplay Eric. And Ooh. that's your <laughs> mandiblaster. Uh-huh. How do you, uh, how do you do the dreadnoughts? Is that just a mop? Yeah. For your cosplay? Yeah. Eric's right. role cosplay? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I'll do it. Put a mop on your head and two rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> go to a Boom, comic, striking go to a comic expo and just say, "People, and what, what a, are you?" I'll wear a green bodysuit. Ooh, but just like, like, like the green man suit. Like, yeah, from Char- like Charlie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my god. Um, these mandiblasters. So they are activated neurally, and they release a hail of metal shards. Uh, once that's done, an intense laser burst is released, and it uses the metal shards that are embedded in the victim as a conductor. So the the range on this weapon is only slightly more than a single meter. But like, man, once those metal shards are in you, and then that blast is just drawn to those things, like you're cooked. Yeah, it's super interesting because it's kind of like a creative weapon that's not not very common. Yeah, it's not like a, yeah. a conventional it's, idea. Yeah, not like, something you would ever think of. It's no. not like a plasma, which everyone does, yeah. or a heat weapon, which everyone. Yeah, does. Yeah, it's very it's very unique weapon. It, it, but it it doesn't. I mean, nothing in 40k makes sense. But it makes sense as far as 40k goes. <laughs> sure, of course. It, so it's, it's kind of cool. It's not using like sci-fi language. Yeah, to like to, distract you from something like exactly. this is plausible. Oh, we could yeah. make it. That's right. <laughs> I'm an electrician. I'm sure I can wire up some type of... <laughs> We're just going to need a lot of volts. Yeah. That's well, all. You want amps, but it's okay. What's the difference? <laughs> volts. I want ohms. Amps. No, that ohms. you definitely don't want. I want 1.21 gigawatts. That's, That's right. not even a real thing. I know, but I like to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy sci-fi words over there. 
<laughs> the other thing that they use is uh, the Scorpion Chainsaw, which is a lightweight, diamond hard, uh, one handed, diamond toothed. There we go. One handed chainsword. That's right. Uh, they are also equipped with a shuriken pistol, and which is just a shuriken weapon in small form. Yeah. But this one actually has an added function. Uh, the pistol is psychically linked to the bearer, and the helmet display actually shows a small screen of what the pistol is aimed at, and it's called the scorpion's eye. Um, so this eye can see in more spectrums than regular vision, so it sees like infrared. Hmm. It even says that it can see invisible targets but i'm not entirely certain like is it mean psychically invisible or like camo invisible most likely it's camo sure but there is like an aspect of the psychic in here so i'm not entirely certain um and then it as well define identifies whether the target is friendly or a foe so this helps them at distance like lock onto a target and then you know i'm assuming just a little red outline shows up Mm. and it goes and it's like oh that's a target (laughs) and then if it's Uh like you point at mark and it's like green then it says don't shoot don't shoot (laughs) but then you shoot anyway (laughs) don't you because who's gonna cool story bro (laughs) that's right (laughs) <laughs> or you could just picture it like since they already look kind of like predator it's just predator yeah. vision yeah yeah exactly wow. there it is there it is wow i thought yeah. we weren't making comparisons we were from the beginning even <sighs> okay. you're the one who said it i'll just reevaluate my entire idea of so this. far your yeah. notes throw, are throw the notes in the garbage <laughs> yeah we did these together <laughs> hey don't oh. reveal how are the- you cosplaying the scorpion eye what uh, yes. household item is uh so i'm thinking eye. like mm-hmm. a uh smash like a, a vase and just no, like no, 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 tape no. it to your it's, eye uh-huh. think like a, a vacuum hose okay and i'm gonna attach one end to the pistol and the other hand is gonna go right into my eye and i'll just <laughs> include a bunch of mirrors in it so uh-huh. i can actually see what's the, the pistol is coming out of. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so you're gonna duct tape a vacuum hose to your arm and head yeah Beside the toilet paper roll. <laughs> this is... I think you should do this. <laughs> Guys, Next year clearly, Comic Expo. Next I've year Comic Expo. Clearly, you have a genius beyond any of ours. That's right. <laughs> Welcome to my YouTube channel, where you learn how to take everyday items and turn them into fantastic cosplay. <laughs> oh, jeez. The final thing we have about striking scorpions is they use plasma grenades, known to... Uh, be deadly effective and they're also known to use wave serpents as a transport when necessary we talked about plasma grenades before yeah we've talked about wave store serpents so they use those two things yes uh let's talk about striking scorpion exarchs so these scorpions have become one with the shadow and they are adept at striking from darkness and they've spent so long meditating on this that they're experts at it um, something they will use uh, is a scorpion's claw, which is one of the shrine's sacred weapons. It's just a, a regular power weapon, so it's got that field that disrupts matter yeah. around it, um, and it's in the shape of a claw. Like a crab designed. claw? Yeah, like a crab claw. Or a scorpion, just, some would say. Or, <laughs> or some would even say like a predator claw. Do they have claws? I thought they did, don't oh, they? they? Don't they have hands? They have claws. I've never seen the movies. Anyways. Um, it's all coming together. <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> Something else about the scorpion claw, though, is that it has a wrist-mounted uh, shuriken catapult on it. So bigger than the pistol, yes. catapult's more like a rifle. Yeah. And so he would use, you'd have this on one hand, this claw with the catapult mounted on it, and then you'd have the scorpion chainsword in the other hand. Mm-hmm. And that's one way you can fight. The other way is uh, they use a 
biting blade, which is basically like a two-handed uh, scorpion chainsaw. So it's Bigger, just a massive, badder, more cool, yeah. monomolecular. No, no, diamond hard. Well, actually, you're right. The, for some reason, they decide to do diamond hard for the scorpions, but then monomolecular for the big one. That's not true. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Biting blade is monomolecular? Yeah. And I was going to include that in our notes, but then I thought that was really dumb. So Does I that did mean the just hot, like the blade, the it, tip of the blade the tip is of a the single blade. Yeah. The molecule? tip of each tooth. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> goes down to a single molecule. It's like they love it in 40k. They love. They their, love to get down. Well, to those Eldar loves Eldar love monomolecular yeah. for yeah. sure. <laughs> Sometimes a why. little too much. Yeah. It's just like it's weird that why wouldn't they make their regular ones that too? The regular because it takes a lot of work. Mark. It's very expensive. Yeah. yeah. More expensive than diamonds. Oh yeah, for Mark, sure. Diamonds <laughs> are a dime a dozen. In well, in this universe. I'm pretty sure, like, don't saws now have diamond? Yes. Diamond Diamond blades? dust. Yeah, yeah so... So there. <laughs> you dumb fuck. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Timothy! That's right. <laughs> you heard it here. Back down. <laughs> um, something else that the Exarchs will use are chain sabers. And so it's just two smaller paired chainsaws that incorporate two wrist-mounted shuriken pistols. So it'll look really cool, I yep. guess. Sure. Yeah. Pew pew. Dual, you can dual wield. Pew pew. We actually, on the last episode, uh, discussed how it actually sounded like whoosh, whoosh. No, I, I think it sounds pew pew. It, mm. There's no pew pew. It, it would definitely not be pew pew. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. What do you even know? Three out of four Do doctors. Three out of four doctors <laughs> recommend. Would it just swish swish? And I'm just telling you, it's a pew pew. That you're the last doctor. I'm the, I'm the odd man out. <laughs> Uh-huh. You ever like wonders like nine out of ten doctors recommend this brand? Like, what is that last doctor like, doing? Fuck you! You didn't give me any kickback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't need to get vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> Striking scorpions have uh, some shrines. You've got oh. the hidden strike shrine, the obsidian claw shrine, and then the stinging shade shrine are there is there any information on them not that i wrote down no for not for uh, well we can make some up then dipsidian claw that's kind of cool it's dark well and no because the xr's blade the claw is just painted black yeah that's why it's cool you can really represent that on the tabletop exactly a strong Uh, theme (laughs) (laughs) we did it that's right. the episode. Good job, guys. So that's it for Striking Scorpions. Timothy, thanks for joining us. You it can... was my pleasure. I'll just see myself out now. Thank you. Thanks. Drink this before you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one we're going to talk about are Dark Reapers, which are, without a doubt, one of the coolest. They're pretty neat. Aspects. Tell me about Would them. Would you say they're the most popular? <clears throat> I don't know about that. I, uh, to me, they're good, but I don't talk to enough people to know what they're. Let's just make some feelings distinctions. Are. They are the most popular. Eighty uh, percent of all Warhammer fans um, polled agree mm-hmm. that Dark Reapers are OP. Are the best <laughs> aspect out there. Uh, but let's talk about why. Why are they the best? Well, there's a very clear and simple reason. Um, so it's everyone, um, strength oh, five, AP minus three, one damage yeah, guns. hitting on threes, uh, never yeah, being that's able what to hit below it. that, yeah. which is amazing. <laughs> take, you take the Alatoc, um craft world rule, and now everything is at minus one to hit them. Mm-hmm. If you really want to go crazy, you just toss a seer in front of them with protect and jinx, right? Like You, <laughs> oh, you get real God. crazy with it. Don't worry. <laughs> Somebody at GW just loves his Eldar. He has a big... <laughs> 
big pillow at home that he just goes <laughs> a body over. pillow. He's got one of those Eldar body pillows. It's a waifu. A waifu. She doesn't it's have any friends. It's mostly helmet, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last third of it is just crested <laughs> helmet. Um, let's talk about Dark Reapers, though. These Eldar represent Kane's aspect as the destroyer, and they are the most sinister of all the aspects. They believe that every weapon can be wielded, wielded with a scalpel-like precision, including the heaviest weapon. I like that. Yeah. A scalpel. <laughs> yeah. They're, they have this scalpel. And then they <laughs> scalpel me and hands him a rocket launcher. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> Operating on a guy with a rocket launcher. Do, do, do. This aspect was given to Kane by a different entity, but that's for a later episode. Their Phoenix Lord is Megan Ra, whose title is the Harvester of Souls. Yes. Kane, this is not Kane's aspect originally. It was given to him by something else. Kane's a lover, not a fighter? No, that's not true. This came from fighting. (laughs) Oh, oh, God of War. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that's a really cool tale, which we'll get to eventually. So no spoilers, Peter. Yeah, Peter. Okay. I'm not going to (laughs) say. Good. I saw you. I saw what was going on in your mind. And I decided... But to I just it. want to tell everybody. I just put, put a stop to it right now. Okay. <laughs> the role. The role. <laughs> tell us about the role. They function as a heavy support for the Eldar forces. Uh, they strike with unerring accuracy from a long distance. They focus on high armored targets, taking down the best protected foes with their weaponry. So they'll sit in the back. They yeah. will... And they'll Fight, strike... Cover. Because they, they use missile launchers. Yeah. So they'll just... All the way from the back of the field. You lob that missile launcher. Well, yeah. It's not a straight <laughs> shot. Gravity is bad. <laughs> Gravity is not real, Eric. Well, you're... Okay. The planet is rising <laughs> at the same rate that everyone claims gravity is pulling us towards the core of the planet. Now you're getting it. <laughs> Science. Science. All of 40K is played on a single plane. <laughs> Every single planet is on the same plane. And they're all rising at the same r- well no well, i mean we do rates, we do play all on tables oh my god oh, so there's a table edged oh my god you can go <laughs> off of it and oh you die god. that's true you oh. flee and die that's all true okay you heard it here first oh my gosh games workshop knew all along <laughs> and they've just been trying to tease it into us this whole well time. the government would shut them down if they just outright said it <laughs> that's right yeah jeez uh. <laughs> Let's talk about their war gear. <laughs> uh, they wear uh, the heaviest of aspect armor, like even heavier than any other. Um, they have built-in leg reinforcement to absorb the impact from firing their missile launchers. I just picture like they shoot shoot the rockets, and then just like their legs, they just pop down like shocks on a on a truck that's been loaded, <laughs> Ooh, and then they rise back up again. Why is it so slow? <laughs> because uh, that's the shocks are absorbing it. Mm-hmm. If it just happened fast, it wouldn't be much absorption, would it? <laughs> So they like fire it and then just drop ooh and then rise back up again. <laughs> the noise. <laughs> the yeah. noise. Well, same with his flamer noise. <laughs> pew, okay. pew. Yeah. He's a I, man of noises. I, I just I tell you everything I, is very thematic. The sounds in come story. in and the thoughts happen and then the sounds come out again. <laughs> Their helmet is more akin to a skull mask. Often it like if you're an exarch, you actually have it like uh what would you call it like printed not printed on but like molded on yeah where 
like if you're just a regular guy you have it painted on but yeah, it just looks like, it just looks like a white dome yeah. with like a, a painting a finger painting really of a skull <laughs> yeah and their rune on the top yeah and uh their helmet also special houses specialized range finding equipment like it can do a bunch of things it has well that, yeah it's, the it's the thing that allows them finding. it yeah. also it's the thing that allows them to always hit their target at the same rate yeah so they can just like the scorpion's eye they can see through the eye of their muzzle uh through a mind link and it allows them to see exactly what their gun is pointed at personally i preferred it when only one aspect had that it's a little weird i just it was it was so unique what's and what's weird like why, don't, like why doesn't anyone else get it uh. right like why don't the fire dragons get it eee. they do no they don't <laughs> oh do we have it i don't know we oh do. <laughs> so it's Our not just a here. scope it's looking through the yeah, barrel. that's yeah. like the scorpion. Like the striking you scorpions actually use a scope, but these guys, yeah, yeah, straight muzzle. It's just such a strange flavor thing. Well, it's an alien race, Peter. <laughs> just, oh no, I don't need a scope. I'm going to use my psychic link to look down the barrel of my gun. <laughs> Seems like a lot of effort. These Eldar, you know, you just ah, can't trust them. They're, no. they're creating evil gods. They're... <laughs> Running around using the (laughs) psychic powers all the time. Well, let's slow down on the Eldar criticism here. (laughs) I mean, we can all admit that Eldar are the greatest race in 40k. We can. Not yet. But when you're done with them, Peter. (laughs) That's right. They will be. (laughs) Because of this extra gear, they are considerably slower than uh, any other aspect. Mm Mm-hmm. Their armor is mostly black with red accents. Their helmet has like a kind of top knot, like a helmet plume hair plume or whatever coming out of it and that's either black or red normally yeah and but. while every aspect uh has a, a specific rune to mark their aspect uh it's all all of them incorporate uh, a correctly drawn triangle that, that's like sitting on its base um <laughs> but this one the dark reaper's triangle is actually inverted so that it's point down and this is to represent uh the morbidity of what these dark reapers represent and it it fits right in when you think of how they got their aspect too which is something we'll we'll cover later tease 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 tease, tease. <laughs> that's what i am i just like to tease people uh their Ooh, reaper launcher we're back f- on eric <laughs> <laughs> that's right tease tease One touch. <laughs> that's all it takes their reaper launcher fires a barrage of long long range armor piercing missile um, it's crazy. If you look at the model, it looks like it's like an energy weapon almost. But then when you look at it, it has like tubes along the side of like this crystal gun and like it shoots the missiles out of there. It's very like weird. the very, no, the very tip. No, no. Yeah. We just looked at the picture and it had like a blast coming out of the tip. That picture is wrong. Oh, you're right. You're right. No, I'm serious. Whoever drew that picture doesn't know shit and put about it on dark. lexicanum. Yeah. You know the the people who write Games Workshop lore can be wrong, right? Look at that. See, it's coming out of the tip. I know, but so when you look at the model, they have those tubes along the side. That's actually what it fires. I'm just trying to see where the That makes more sense because the tip is just solid. That's straight out of the codex, though, that picture. I know, but it's arti- straight out of the codex. Artist interpretations and even authors can be wrong. You ever heard well, of okay. CS Go- no, Go- the, Go- the way this is inter- the way this is interpreted is the codex is written by the Imperium, so ah. they just got it wrong. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Solved, solved it. <laughs> <laughs> Crisis averted. <laughs> you just saved a twenty-minute argument between me and him. <laughs> All right, where are you saying the gun fires out of? These tubes. Yeah. No, that's what we're saying. The same thing. No, you're saying the tip. 
Oh, no, sorry. I thought you were going further back in the gun. Oh. The entire warhead looking type thing has what looks like vents in it. And those are the things that shoot out. Yeah. But when I look at the gun, I see that warhead as a single missile. Mm. And that's where I was like, well, clearly it fires one missile and then he reloads it. it. But it doesn't. They come out of these little tubes. But in the picture, it looks like all those tubes are firing at the same time. And it looks like an energy blast, which it's not. Yeah. So the picture's wrong. The Imperium just, there's some nerd sitting in some (laughs) basilicum or administratum somewhere, Mm -hmm. writing crap down. His name is Timothy. (laughs) Timothy. Timothy. Yes. I'm Jimothy. He is Timothy. (laughs) You share a link with him. That's how I know about him. Okay. (laughs) We're We're psychically linked. Uh Uh-huh. And so he's just writing down crap and he doesn't know what he's talking about. Makes sense. I can buy that. He just heard a story of a story, a whisper of a story. <laughs> Eric. I love Dark Reaper. Timothy. <laughs> Timothy. <laughs> Timmer. Uh, they can also hop in wave serpents and uh, transport around the battlefield as needed. Yeah. Yeah. But because the range on their gun is so long, it's not really something you normally would need to do with them. Yeah, but you always got to get people onto a battlefield, and that's how you'd go about doing it. Um, if you're not coming out of a webway pocket, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Exarchs. Um, Exarch Dark Reapers, their shots are performed with pinpoint accuracy, and even seeming to... As opposed to scalpel. That's right. Uh, even seeming right. to bypass cover that an that's enemy right. thought completely protective. So you think you're protected, you think they can't find you, and all of a sudden that shot just... Like burst a, through what you're the, right or like angelina jolie <laughs> shooting like curve and bullets you know mm, yeah so these guys called wanted wanted they're curve yeah, and bullets. I wanted to leave uh, <laughs> um the exarch though they can use a variety of heavy weaponry so they're not stuck just using the reaper launcher um they can use a tempest launcher and this functions as a mortar and it indirectly lobs charges at distance foes, so they're able to target things that n- they can't even see at this point. Um, they can get an Aldari missile launcher, and this has uh, complex chamber pods designed to contain several different types of ammo. So these can be crack, a uh, powerful explosive with a massive charge, or plasma, which is a charge capable of melting through armor, as well as other types of ammo. I'm assuming, maybe not in game top yeah. gameplay, but um, I'm assuming they could also use Haywire. Sure, that, that's another sure. pretty common Eldar handheld yeah, grenade type thing. Yeah. Which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool gun. Uh, they can also take the Shuriken Cannon, which is a larger Shuriken weapon with an increased range, output, and damage over its younger brothers. It's an Eldar. <laughs> its Eldari name is. <laughs> Bruna. Buana. 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 I am Buana. Let's talk about their specific shrines. Give me some shrines, Peter. We've got the Shrine of the Jade Scythe, which perfected the art of killing as many foes as possible at once huh 
They nice. perfected that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think I, so, that's everyone's so it's, it's, goal. But like, they're like trying to one one sniper round, I double headshot. So. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's with line up like eight guys. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Through all, through all eight. They're, uh, they're hitting know. like the tree, which is falling over, <laughs> which is causing the the building to collapse, uh-huh. which is causing an entire sinkhole to create. Uh-huh. And they just. Kill. I don't. I don't know what that has to do with jade. Don't. Don't overthink it. Okay. I'm not. Is it jade or jaded? Jade. Mm. Yeah. The jade. <laughs> I can't jaded. Tell Fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why the jade's in there, honestly. I mean, their colors are black and midnight blues. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's even happening here? Uh, then you've got the shrine <clears throat> of the three deaths. Uh, their commitment to total annihilation is even respected by the Drukari. Which, that's, <laughs> that's something yeah, uh-huh. that's like a double-sided compliment like i don't know yeah. how proud of that you'd really be it's like like the jukari like good job man and you're like oh, oh thanks <laughs> this is awkward one of us then you've got the crystal grave shrine and the not the crystal meth shrine okay last mm midnight shrine mm. i wonder about the three death there's got to be a story behind like like the three symbolical deaths that every eldar goes through or something mm-hmm. like the death of your innocence <laughs> yeah yeah like the death of your youth and, and then the death of your enemies that's right oh my god like that's we just, awesome. we just did it oh i would love it's canon games but, workshop hire us no, it would be sweet. <laughs> we're, we're magnificent lore writers are, really <laughs> i would love to, to read a story about an eldar becoming a dark reaper and experiencing the three deaths as so what was the first one again the death of your innocence okay so that one you have to kill your parents Ooh, these are isn't that the death of your childhood one oh maybe yes i think it doesn't that come next oh yes you're right well no like the innocence and youth is actually they seem pretty death of innocence is discovering your body for the first time (laughs) that's right it's understanding Uh how stuff works you know i never did then you kill your parents then you kill your parents Uh and then then you you kill kill your enemies enemies. it would honestly be a really cool story to like read as this eldar you would like that you sick pervert (laughs) no the death of innocence you would love to read that you sick pervert he grabbed his <laughs> shrine <laughs> I like how his hands are up he's gone full T-Rex <laughs> he meditated day and night with his shrine that's the only three inch shrine there. <laughs> it's the little death <laughs> I'm so hot right now. Oh my what? ears! My ears are so hot. What you did go very red? Oh, I'm Ooh. so red. <laughs> what an insane man over there! That was so good. That was good. I my sides hurt. <sighs> dragons <laughs> moving on <laughs> oh was there any other shrines that was all nope that's it we're, that we're good to move we're on moving on quickly <laughs> the next <laughs> we're not good to move on apparently Ooh. stop laughing it hurts you <laughs> <laughs> just love a good cock joke <laughs> no that was it 
was just it was like you planned that <laughs> like it's like you set that up at the very beginning of the episode <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i'm always ready to set up a three-inch cock joke i'm always ready for it <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> fire go, dragons. Uh, the the fire dragons that the, the wow the aspect that the fire drags represent uh, is the burning desire for destruction, um, which is different than the dark reapers desire for destruction. Yes, because this the, is a burning desire. Yes, the reason is that they're trying to emulate dragons. Sure. So Cain, who is like a being of fire, burns things like through his heat. Right, like it doesn't. There's no precision in that destruction. Sure, it's sure. just it's just a blast All consuming. of his rage and okay. fire. Whereas, well, could you the, say this is just like you're destroying things like a wrecking ball and just moving through things, and yeah, it's just chaos it's, it's and just, everything's blown apart. Yeah, yeah. Whereas With the other ones like pinpoint. It's a scalpel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. And they're more like it seems like this is more just like destroying everything, not even just like your enemies, but like you blow through a town and there's no town left. Yeah, that's you, right. Yeah, you yeah. don't care if you set the entire town on yeah. fire. Okay. No, good distinction. I like that. Uh, they are aggressive, close combat aspect. Okay, which is doesn't mean they're fighting in close combat. No, they're not melee. Like on tabletop, their guns are 12 inches. Yes, so, so. you need to be very, very close yeah. to them, but you still don't want to get in combat. Yeah, and they find delight in the devastation they wreck on their enemies. Yes. They find delight. That is a bad thing to do as an Eldar. Are dragons part of the... Eldar lore, really? Yeah. Because they haven't really come up much yeah. this far in talking about the Eldar. It's in there, like, because the Eldar have a very large mythology. Sure. So, like, even if there's only mention of them once, and I can think of one example at the very least, which is the dragon as the, the void dragon, because all the Satan shards are in the Eldar mythology. Right, so at the very least, he's a dragon. So we know dragons exist in the mythology. And while sure. I haven't heard of any other dragons, like I'm, I'm assuming there are because they they say here that they try to represent the burning yeah. that a dragon. The, visits. There are definitely dragons in 40k as well. Like uh, yeah, Vulcan this, fights one. Yeah, um, right. But yeah, yeah, no, he does. Yeah. That's what I was gonna go with. Yeah. Okay, and the emperor. He yeah, and also Ferris Manus. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I thought you that want any more dragon? Yeah, stage? Peter. What more do you want? Damn it. Fucking. I, I guess that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> this guy demands so much. Uh, um, the the Phoenix Lord of the Fire Dragons is Fugian. Yeah. Fugan? Fuegan? Like Fuego that's for right. fire. Tierra del Fuego. Nice. Yes. Fuegan. Clever word in Games Workshop. Yeah. Called the Burning Lance. I'll go with that one. That one's easier for me. Who was once a student of Asman before <laughs> Asman? The Asman. The Asman before he started his own shrines. Mm-hmm. That's cool. There's a couple that were like directly taught by him. Like almost him. all of them. Yeah, pretty much all of them. Mm, okay. Yeah. There's only a couple that weren't. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's way more common to have been one of his students. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so because of just the way their armor is and the way their weapons work, which we'll get into right after this, they are well suited to targeting heavy. Uh, armored vehicles or creatures just of monstrous size uh, or even enemy fortifications so they're so well practiced at this that they seem to deal even greater damage against these targets than other lesser enemies (laughs) 
uh-huh. which is which is represented <laughs> on the tabletop in their rules. What do they um, get? A, like they get a bonus rules? when they're targeting vehicles or monsters. Ah, sure, sure. Yeah, and it's just like their weapons are designed for this so well. They're like, yeah. what's the point of practicing? You can only kill a guardsman so good. Exactly. Like yeah. a clip of that weapon will kill yeah. a guardsman. So sure. it's it's better to go against what you're super effective at. Let yeah. the dire Avengers take care of the small guys. You handle the Carnifex. Yeah. Um, so the drawback, though, to this high firing power that they have is that the weapons have an extremely small range. Mark said on tabletop it's only represented as 12 inches, which is disgustingly low on tabletop. Because if, if you're not if you're that three inch frying guy, I don't <laughs> you have me a 12 inch. I don't want to get into it <laughs> because if you're within 12 inches on tabletop to hit, the other people are charging you. Yeah, or rapid firing you or something. You're in, yes, yeah. you're you're you better kill them, or you're gonna be in yeah. for a world of hurt. Yeah. So the the fire dragons are like recklessly aggressive. Like yeah, they're not they're, scared to get yeah. up in their face. Yeah, they don't even hesitate charging towards like the biggest enemy, the Carnifexes. And yeah, it's like, this massive bane blade that's aiming they, right at yeah, them. They, they accept even... like they got the one chance to take them out. Otherwise, shit's going south. Yeah, which is really cool. It's almost like a kamikaze suicidal type deal that they deal with every time. Yeah, that they go into combat. Yeah, that's cool. Which is like strange for Eldar. Yeah, to kind of throw away their life. Not yeah. that they're really throwing it away, but, but like but to be ready to, say, to do that. Yeah, yeah, to be reckless as an yeah. Eldar, it seems like. Because they have that's so risky. much to live for. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. And every time one of them dies, it's it's a lot more of a disaster than almost any other race. Yeah, except Human? for Tau, because oh that's my. just sad. Mm. You never want to see a Tau die. Mm. Except I, I love, love it. seeing Tau die. Yeah, but then you have to listen to me bitch and whine. That's true. So that you never want to. I've see been a actually tau thinking die. of using all my Tau models as just corpses on bases <laughs> just to paint them in just, his color yeah. scheme too and you've done one of my knights yeah i, 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 I painted one of sons of Mark's, bitches uh, I, I bought like a, a necron tomb stalker so that big centipede looking yeah mother and uh modeled him on centipede top of mother. like a, a ripped in half armager and then the armager is painted in mark's yeah. knight army. so basically they can't beat me on tabletop so they're just defile the models <laughs> paint on my colors i'd love to play against your knights with my pile on Anyways, <laughs> let's talk about challenge. Which. Not accepted. Not accepted. <laughs> you know why? Because I value our friendship way too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the real. We would thing. not be friends after that. <laughs> um, let's talk about the war gear of the fire dragons, though. Uh, the fire dragons wear aspect armor that is heavier than normal. This is due to the dangers that they must place themselves in in order to be effective. Yeah. So this part was a little odd. I didn't really see how it, it fit together, but this is what it says. Uh, the armor is covered in spiny protrusions, like spikes, and this is said to increase the stiffness and overall quality of it, though. I, I see again, it like scales, like... Right, that's yeah. I think what it's going for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did the not dragon, pick that up at all. Dragon thing. No, because that makes complete sense. <laughs> like I'm a thinking like fiery dragon. I'm like, perhaps. what are these little spikes? Like half inch, inch long spikes doing sticking out of them? Like, what does that? What does, <laughs> what that, does really that really do? Yeah, no, it's like overlapping. Oh, okay, like, no, that, like, that's like way my cooler. Mail that I have on that's, my arm. That's way cooler yeah. now that I think about yeah. it. Yeah. All right, accepted. <laughs> Their armor is normally flame colored, uh, be red, orange, yellow. You know. Blue is also a fire color. I've thrown uh, copper and a uh, piece of garden hose in. It turns green even, purple. Yeah. So and you all die of colors are flame. flame. Yes. Color. Yes, sir. All, all colors. colors are flame colors. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, different color combinations can mark the different fire dragon shrines. 
Uh, and they have been known to wear tabards, which reflect their shrine that they serve, as well as the craft world they hail from. So it kind of, there's a lot of variation depending on yeah. where you're. Yeah. Do you want to model them with the tabard or you do want the colors on their armor to represent where they're from? Or yeah. you can just do the standard color on the armor and have their tabards, no tabards. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. <clears throat> the fusion gun. So this is their, their primary weapon. And uh, it is a heat-based weapon similar in effect to, like, Imperial Melta weapons. It has a short range and functions by hy- hyper. Yep. Hyper. What's the next word? Agitating. And the next one? Sub. And I'm pretty sure I got this one. Yep. Atomic. Particles right. in the air. The particles begin to move so quickly that a massive spike in heat causes all moisture in their target to vaporize. Oh, cr- so I didn't know that they functioned like this. Yeah. Same. Me neither until I read it. Causing them the to explode without <laughs> Mark because he didn't want to join me. I was I, I worked 13 hours today. It was delightful. 13 hours. I was clocked in for 13 I'm doing hours. I'm quotes right now. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Keep going, Mark. Um, or in the case of fortifications, armor, or vehicles, it just turns into like melted slag, molten slag. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that they like... It, this, these function... It's like microwave guns yeah, almost. These function slightly Ooh, yeah. differently than how Imperial Meltas work because Imperial Meltas will use uh, a gas. Yeah, like it, it will literally... Use a pressurized yeah. gas that they shoot out, which agitates quickly and causes the air around it to expand, which gets the same effect. But these like agitate the particles in like around the target. So like, yeah. it focuses like a beam that causes everything to shake so much that it, all the moisture vaporizes and they just explode, which is awesome. Yeah. No, I don't, that's pretty cool. New, new respect for those guys now. Right. Yeah. Very cool. I like that a very lot actually. Cool. Um, I'm fairly certain, uh, keep going on, but I'm going to, they also things. have access to melt bombs, which I'm sure function a very similar manner. Yes, but they are discus shaped, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah, they can throw them. You know, you know how play frisbee, work. play frisbee with melt hot potato, hot melt a bomb. Either that's way, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, that, you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> you're gonna have a bad time. Um, what What is unique about these is they're activated by a verbal command, so they can throw them and then like wait. <laughs> no, uh, boom, fly. No, 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 what boom. What's the dune? What's the dune? <laughs> uh, the dunes, the dune sound they make for their guns. Pew pew. No, <laughs> that's a shuriken weapon. In the, in oh, the movie, right. Sorry. In the movie with David Bowie, they the weirding way is like a, a voice activated command. Um, Muadib. That's right. That's oh, what that's it is. His name. I know, but that's what oh. they scream into their gun to make them explode. What? Honestly, it's a weird representation of the book. It's fun watching just because you know um, who's Picard. Sean Patrick Connery. Stewart. That's right. Patrick Stewart. Mark, you're just trying to mess with me. <laughs> I'm going to homicide you later. <laughs> homicide. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Sean Connery. No, Patrick Stewart. Screw you. Mark. I got Stewart's it in his mind. David Bowie's in it. But any anytime they want to fire the gun, they have to yell, Muadib. And it, like, fires the gun. Which is how So, I this is how these. that works. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Okay. but Not take, canon, but interesting. Here's what you need to do, guys. <laughs> yeah. If you really care. Get a picture of a Dark Reaper missile launcher, the the Reaper launcher. Got it. And then get a picture of the Fire Dragon fusion gun. Got it. Take a look at the two of those tips. They both nice are that tip. like cone shaped tip. Just imagine with the, the fe- I could do with, with the vents tip. on it. They yeah. look the exact same. Yeah, but one of them shoots missiles. Shoots missiles, <laughs> and one of them shoots microwave. Microwaves. It makes no sense. <laughs> 
That's that. All I'm saying. That's all fancy and looking all. All I'm saying is Eric's plebeian spicy. brain can't even comprehend. So they just like everything to look good. They don't care. You guys are the worst. <laughs> Eldar, no, I would. Eldar don't I care. cannot wait for Eldar aspect recast. Oof. I cannot wait for an updated kit. Yeah, yeah, they deserve. They one. are so goddamn old. <laughs> when was the last time that they like? Mark was saying probably like. 20. Well, like Forge World release, like uh, we'll talk about them, Shadow Specters, I yeah. think they're called, and even those are probably like ten-year-old sculpts. I because I know they did release a new model in that that uh, Wake the Dead box, yeah. but like I mean, it it's like looked a, exactly the same. Yeah, it's like a Spirit Seer or whatever. It, it it's a little bigger in scale and a little, crisper, but it's not. But it's not an Aspect Warrior. No, it's like. But it sh- didn't look. It didn't look that different, and they didn't seem oh, to update man. it that much. So. It, there are some things in this like that just look old like everything gets so much crisper these days well yeah i mean they're not sculpting sculpting them by hand anymore right so they can do so much better detail and so yeah i I agree they should i would love to see new ones with the guns looking a little more representative of how i personally imagine them so what you're saying is you need to be on the design team and the lore team yeah and the lore team Mm -hmm. gotcha and audio the, team as well as right. rules team they have a podcast it rules team. Uh, yes oh, he is a wait, rules stickler. That, no, yeah that's i think I th- I eric think should just debatable. take over games workshop actually <laughs> i'm I not think. saying i'm going to but eric hostile takeover but i did 20, just get my gun license <laughs> i'm not saying i'm going to <laughs> right but <laughs> right exactly it's <laughs> the thing left unsaid that holds the most power <laughs> anyways uh fire dragons uh will often be accompanied by wave servants to be able to deliver them into the thick of combat to get them close. Yeah, we all like wave serpents. We get it. (laughs) Where the fighting is hottest. That's right. Did you like that? I put that in the... So hot. It was a little little just fun wordplay for you guys. That is an effective joke. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Maybe we should... Move on to those Exarchs. Okay, Exarchs. Um, A fire dragon Exarch is so taken with this... with the desire to burn their surroundings. Yes. That even in battle, you can sometimes glimpse them covered by an ethereal flame. Yes. They literally get covered with flame and it's just a physical representation of their desire to burn everything. Yeah. Cause that's I guess cool. they're all psychic. They're all so psychic. Like, That'd be super Ooh, cool. It doesn't is do it, anything. That's not modeled anywhere. Is no. it? No, that would be super cool. If you see someone yeah. do that, like, oh. just like fl- bits of flame coming off like the off. top of their shoulder. Yes. Like the Legion cool. of the Damned. They have like something working like that, right? Not modeled, but essentially lore wise. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh man. No. When I first read about this, I was like, I didn't understand how they had described it. So I had to like Google the words to find out like, like what does a Corona like look like? And it was like, it's Oh, like the sun. Well, like, coronal ejection. Oh my god! <laughs> but anyways, I had to Google it, and when I when I eventually it's pieced it beer, together, I've been told when I eventually Ooh, pieced corona. it. <laughs> you done? <laughs> no, I don't think we are. When I eventually pieced it together, it was awesome. <laughs> this is one of the coolest Eldar things I've seen in a very long time. How yeah, I could you? just see him like just getting all amped, and then just like flames start coming off. Flame on. Wait, are we talking about Eric looking this up or? Yeah, <laughs> I can just see him sit in front of his computer. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Google. <laughs> That's sad. They are expert shots capable of targeting foes with an eerie accuracy. In addition, 
to this their greater skill they also have access to a greater arsenal yes such as the the sacred the sacred weapons yeah the fire pike it functions the same as a fusion gun but has a slightly extended range uh many of the experts take this weapon to emulate fugan Fwagen. Fwagen, the Phoenix Lord. Yeah, this was a Fwagen carries a fire pike, so yeah. everyone wants to be like him, so you, you take that. Who doesn't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez. They can also take the Dragon's Breath Flamer, a short-range flamethrower capable of cutting down great many enemies at once. This is a tactical choice for the Exarch that foresees their foe to have a large bardic count, as this is where the fire dragons lack strength. Yeah, gives them a little bit of flexibility. Yeah, the, the way it's described is that uh, the Exarch can take the Fire Pike if they want and yeah. do greater damage than his warriors, or he can take the More Flamer. Role. Yeah, and protect his warriors from the oncoming. Yeah, because yeah, they're most likely going to get assaulted, and then you can. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. uh, let's look at their shrines. We've got the Blazing Fang Shrine. Uh, so they're all about piercing enemy vehicles with focus blasts from fusion guns and melt bombs Cool. So you need some vehicles blown up. They're the guys to do it for you. Uh, then we've got the Living Flame Shrine. And mm-hmm. then, uh, as I call my shrine, the Red Worm Shrine. Uh, Your shrine. specialize in uh, mass use of flamers. And then you've got the Burning Wing Shrine. And uh, they use as many wave serpents as possible allowing its soldiers to move anywhere on the battlefield sure. that's probably how i would most likely see it is the burning wing i like the i like the all flamer one too like because it, it yeah yeah why not no no i yeah fuck want, yeah. want to fight me yes yeah, right now <laughs> you get your flamer i'll get a wave serpent we'll see who well, no one gets a flamer one gets a melt a fusion gun yeah and then we will the, decide which one. The to thing roll. that's too bad is that there isn't an option because fire dragons are supposed to be proficient with all flame weapons, and it's too bad that there isn't an option for them to get rid of their meltas and take a different fire option on the table. Yeah, but when the new models come out, they will. Oh, that would be awesome. They should I, give them like an incendiary grenade round. Don't oh grenade round like they shoot something. Yeah. Mm. What such so just shoots far? Well, it shoots a little farther. Sure. Right? Because flamers are going to be shorter range than their fusion guns. Sure. Right? So your flamer is like an 8-inch range, right? And you give them like a blade mount, like another blade they can use or whatever to get in combat. Then you give them the fusion gun as like a mid-range. And then as a long range, you give them like a grenade like launching gun that can shoot 18 inches, but it's got an incendiary Molotov cocktails. That's right. Yeah. Uh And a potato cannon. Eldari. Oh my god. Yes. (laughs) Flaming potatoes. French fry cannons. (laughs) Well, if they shoot it through the the death spinner, then it would be French fried because the potato would just get shredded (laughs) by all the monofilament. Oh my god. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) it would be cool to see a tabletop representation of i'd be happy with flamers and meltas yeah sure the grenade launcher i could do without sure and i will thank you though okay well we could be amicable about this or you could just be a complete dick swooping hawks that's the next next aspect whatever uh in ancient eldari stories a murdered eldar would inhabit a hawk and then hover above their murderer the swooping hawks that's creepy isn't it crazy? <laughs> this is like a. It's not really in their mythology, but it's in like their stories. Yeah, they tell uh, tell their children. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Uh, it's like how <laughs> it's you, a bedtime th- story. <laughs> yeah, there's like tropes. This is like a. a when you how die, I killed your mother. <laughs> <laughs> if you're murdered, you know that hawk in the cage over there. That's actually your mom. 
<laughs> yeah, if you are murdered. Because yeah. it would help point out the guilty person. Yeah, yeah. Because they would hover above the person that killed them. Yeah. Yeah, so the Sweeping Hawks take this imagery as their own and represents Kane's desire for vengeance and retribution. Yeah, I really like how this one actually fits in very well with the aspect of Kane. Yeah, like some of them don't. Yeah, some of them you don't really understand the connection, but this one sure. is very well put together. Yeah. They're Phoenix Lord. I don't want to say that one. Someone else read this one. Barahamouths. Baharoth. There we go. That's their Phoenix Lord. <laughs> and he's called the Cry of the Wind. He also trained under Asuraman and was said to be his finest student. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. The best of the his best. His best student. So we know which one was his first. Yeah. We know which one was the best. One betrayed him. One betrayed him. I mean, these are all characters of legend, yeah. right? Like, it's over 16,000 years yeah. ago. It's a good time. It's a very long time. Uh, the role of the swooping hawks is one of an airborne support. So they use their swooping hawk wings, and they can be seen diving into battle where they need most, or just simply raining death upon their foes from the skies. Uh, so using these tactics, they are extremely adept at harassing enemy forces before the main Eldar force arrives to do battle. Yeah. I, I like this specifically because a lot of times with these descriptions of what different armies do, they can be very like cookie cutter. Well, no, it just seems like, well, okay, great. You have all these elite that target specific things in the army, but there's not like something that fulfills a more realistic battlefield role. Mm. Like Mm. this is like, Oh, a skirmishing force. That seems like something that's actually helpful in a battle. Not, I only kill tanks and I'm, if I don't get to kill a tank, I'm not doing it. I'm not showing up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to take sure. my gun and go home. Sure. I can see what yeah. you're saying. So like, this yeah. is like a battlefield role, which is kind of more interesting. Yeah. yeah we're the skirmishers. We go in and like fulfill this specific we disrupt role. And, yeah. No, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. No, I like that. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. They're war gear. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> the Hawks wear a thinner form of aspect armor, allowing them to be lighter and more mobile, mobile in the air. Yeah, um, the armor is often colored a blue or a gray to mimic the sky behind them, uh, while the wings are dazzling, vibrant colors uh, that become a blur in flight. Uh, so it's common to see them wearing tabards or pennants uh, with the runes identifying the particular shrine they serve and then the colors identifying their craft world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, their jump packs, they're not actually like, their wings, we kind of describe them that they blur. They're not blurry because they're like, hummingbird wings where they're moving so fast do they, they do. actually move they do they move yeah but they're they, not flapping they are no they, no no no, no, yeah. no. You, yes sorry like, like they're not flapping like four <laughs> no, wings no, like no, no, vibrating no, no. is they a little jet propulsion exactly they're they are function similar to propulsion <laughs> they're not actually flapping these because when we were reading it it, it sounded like yeah i'm sure flapping and no that's how they do it guys <laughs> they, ah, yeah fight milk <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> Uh, help us make weight (laughs) Um, they're uh, made of vibrating feather plates and contain anti-gravity lifter and jet propulsion motors the wings allow them to glide silently for long distances but they can also emit a distinctive shrieking sound yeah I like like to think Ah. that like Ah. I don't think that's what they sound like I like to think that they're like up above like you can barely see them like a pinprick in the sky and when they decide to strike just this shrieking sound comes barreling down and (laughs) no it's like a whistle right like a until finally they strike and you did you did well you're not gonna survive (laughs) 
You don't know me. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm capable of? <laughs> you have no idea how high I can fly. <laughs> Michael Scott. Uh, doesn't he quote himself when he says that? <laughs> no. No, he does another quote where he goes, um, you miss 100, oh, miss yeah, 100 yeah. Shot goals of shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. <laughs> That's what he quotes. All swooping hawks are equipped with las blasters, a rapid fire laser weapon. This weapon is far more advanced and energy efficient than the clumsy Imperial las gun. Um, yeah, it's it functions. You get the same effect, yeah. but theirs is much more elegant yeah. than the Imperial one. Another crucial part of the hawks' war gear is the swooping hawk grenade pack. These launchers are strapped to their legs, which allow them to release grenades downwards on their enemies the packs can also carry a variety of grenade types such as the anti-personnel frag grenades or plasma grenades or anti-tank anti-tank crack grenades mm-hmm. yeah this is where uh, also i learned about haywire grenades because yeah. it's also another one that they can take and a haywire grenade just releases a small electromagnetic burst to disrupt enemy systems yeah. so just like a small emp yeah um, but it can just destroy like em- enemy vehicles' ability to move or function, right? So, um, a cool thing though about these packs, even though they're on their legs, is they can just reach into them when they're fighting, grab whatever grenade is in there, and yeah. use it in combat as well. Yeah. Those those haywire grenades are those represented tabletop at all? Yep, they are. Okay, like what do they do? I'm not sure. Eighth edition. I've never seen them played eighth edition. <sighs> Dang it. But well, it'd be cool if they let you drop them and then they like make tanks not able to move the next turn i wouldn't be surprised if it did something like that so back in like all the other editions like you wouldn't do wounds to vehicles you would do like effects so you could like shake the crew stun the crew and these would like stun the crew so they would effectively not be able to shoot their guns for a turn right 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 so but yeah i i don't know eighth edition yeah i've been i've been seen a lot of eldars played got to get eric on it yeah i'm not doing i'm not doing swooping hawks though i'm only doing you do a different one. What we say you will do. Oh. Okay, grenade pack. Uh honestly it doesn't say. What are you looking for? The grenade pack. I'm seeing what the haywires are. Oh, oh, rules. Yeah. Okay, well while you look at that. Since the swooping hawks are often used as forerunners in an attack, they're released from atmosphere by shooting star by a shooting starcraft. What's a shooting starcraft? Oh, that one's really cool. I'll tell okay. you about that. So this is a craft that um, it doesn't land on the planet. It okay. exits the craft world carrying the swooping hawks. It enters the atmosphere. These guys jump off this plane in the atmosphere, and then it goes back to the craft world. Okay. So it's like a high orbital um, drop pod thing, really. Yeah. So it's like probably not even equipped with like weapons or anything? I, I didn't see any. Hmm. Yeah, but it's it's only for these guys because their gear is so bulky and weird that regular transports don't carry them. Interesting. And the rules for that grenade pack is um, in eighth, you don't get to pick between different grenades. It's just on a you roll a d6, oh. and then on a six, it does a mortal wound. So mm. not nearly as cool as what it could be. Yeah, but way easier. <laughs> yeah, to deal with. Yeah, well, cool. No, that's cool. Yeah, I've, no, that. I've never heard of the shooting Starcraft before. Yeah, it's really cool. shooting star. It's called not shooting star craft. Just so people. Yes, it is a craft called a shooting star. Yes, yes. <laughs> craft. Not to be mistaken with craft worlds, right? Or star, which are worlds, the game of Warcraft. Of <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. As uh, well. They're, they're Exarchs. Um, Draenor. <laughs> fuck. 
There we go. Argus. Pandaria. Oh, Panda Man. Get out. Sergeant Panda Why would you say that before Northrend? <laughs> or Deep Home? Nobody knows what any of this is. And when I say nobody, I mean me. I don't know what any of this <laughs> All is. You need to know I is... am everybody and nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Benton nerds. Um, the Exarch. The Swooping Hawk Exarch is so knowledgeable that he knows the perfect time to disengage from an enemy and then maneuver to a tactically better position. He's so smart. His, like His brain smart. is so That's big. Like the description of all XRs. Yeah, though. they know exactly when to strike from the shadows. Yeah, they know, they know exactly, exactly what to target. They yeah. know exactly <laughs> when to target. They are the better. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Exarchs are equipped with a power sword as well as a Laz Blaster, but they can replace their Laz Blaster with a Hawk's Talon. And that's just the more powerful version of the standard last blaster. Yeah. In the past as well, not in this edition, because I was curious to see what the rules for this next weapon is. Um, but they used to use sun rifles. Uh, so they don't exist in this edition, but hmm. it was back and forth. That was the last time they used them. And these are just laser weapons. It's said capable of clearing away entire squads of enemies with a single burst. I wonder if that used to shoot a template. Maybe. Yeah. Like a cone. Maybe a cone. Yeah, sure. Maybe the burst. I don't know. Cool. Yeah. But yes, we it hasn't been used since for a long time. Okay. Uh, a few shrines from the Swooping Hawks. You've got the Ashen Sky Shrine. So they specialize in the use of special optics. Ooh. Uh, then you've got the First Dawn Shrine and the Shimmering Horizon Shrine. They're kind of cool because they specialize in attacking from above with the sun to their backs. Oh, yeah. In order to blind the enemy. Uh-huh. That is cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the Sky Talon Shrine. So they're on uh, Craftworld Biltan, and they were instrumental in the Craftworld's successful campaign to reclaim uh, one of the Maiden Worlds, Illyrissa. Oh, yeah. Uh, from the Imperium. Okay. Hmm. Well, it was a, what was the world they saved? What was its designation? It's a Maiden World. What's a Maiden World? Like an Eldar homeworld. Are those Crone Worlds? Um, no, that was like their original, uh, like empire, like their original, oh, and then like okay. maiden worlds. Like I the, thought were like the first far- seeded ones yeah, that they yeah. need to protect. Like, there's a whole bunch of uh, parts of the Eldar that just like focus. Like we talked last time about one of the aspects, and they uh, one of their shrines just make sure they protect these maiden worlds that they okay. have. Yeah. So are they exodites on those planets then? Um, maybe they are. To be honest, I'm not fully sure. Um, they probably are. Because like they're not craft world, right? Eldar. Yeah, exactly. Right. So. That's what I'm thinking. Like, what? <laughs> like, why would a Eldar? Why would an Eldari yeah. still be on a planet? Just because it's a nice place to be. It might be. Maybe it's just vacation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, While you look that up, we'll talk about uh, warp spiders. These ones are pretty cool too. Uh, their aspect. That's how they communicate. That's how they they chitter to each other. <laughs> That's a spider sound. Yeah. Uh, the warp spiders represent the aspect of the aggressive defense. Just like the warp spiders that they protect in the... Affin- what? Just like the warp spiders that protect the infinity circuits of the craft world, they appear seemingly from nowhere to destroy their enemies. Yeah. There's warp spiders in the infinity circuit. Yeah. Yeah. We gone over that <laughs> i've before? never heard that I don't before hearing no about the warp no. spiders yeah the they're infinity little circuit. they're little beings that just like protect the infinity circuit and like anytime there's danger just like how a spider senses like a vibration on its mm. web these things feel the threat to it and they'll just materialize out of the infinity circuit and viciously attack the threat are they, are, 
yeah, is that connected to the idea of if a craft world is under attack? And we talked before about like the infinity circuit or like the whatever bone singing or mm, a part like, of it. Yeah. Like the ship works to the craft world works to protect itself. Yeah, like closes and, off hallways and right. stuff. So is that connected to this idea of like a I warp spider? Maybe. So they are not like. No one creates warp spiders. It's like a defense. It's an immune system. It's a defense mechanism of the infinity circuit. So, yes, I do think it's part of like the gestalt will of the craft world. And it needs to protect itself somehow. So it manifests these warp spiders to do it. Weird. Hmm. But they are almost like exclusively seen in like wraith bone stuff. Yeah. Because that's like what they're made of, I believe. Yeah. So they're not like actual like warp beings, like warp spiders. No. Yeah, they're they're called warp spiders. Yeah. Cool. How many legs do they have? I don't know, but they also exist within the webway. Take a guess. <laughs> I want to say they have eight legs. They also exist in the webway. Ignored. <laughs> do they? Yeah. Oh, it's canon. Well, they have eight legs. Kind of the same kind of. It is like an Eldar construct. Yeah. I mean, not really, but but is there wraith bone in the webways? Yeah, I thought the webway was, was like made of, of it. both. Yeah, bone. Am I wrong? I just always picture it more as like ethereal than like a like a goo. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> like that. Yeah, exactly like a goo. Uh, it's like a like a spectral, yeah, viscous system. material. Mm. No, I always thought it was like a actual solid thing. Yeah, I always pictured it as a solid thing too. Interesting. That you can destroy. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're looking that up. What, the webway? Are you? Yeah, I am. Mm. But there's so much. Yeah. yeah okay. Good luck. <laughs> I need to read the whole thing. Do you know there's an entire map made of the webway? I did not. Yeah, it's in the Black Library of Chaos. Oh, I thought you meant like online. Like oh. you were looking at one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm plotting my course no. right now. <laughs> uh, because of the danger to an elder entering the warp, this... Whoa, I missed a part. What? What's up? No, no, you they, didn't. They appear seemingly from nowhere to destroy their enemies because of the danger to an Eldar in entering the warp. The spiders are considered amongst the bravest of all the Eldar. Yeah, their founder is unknown, but there is a legend that the Eldar craft world of Kalor, that L H Y K O S I D A E. That's right. Might be the Phoenix Lord. Yeah, at the very least, uh, Lycosidae. Like, like hosted. Oh wow! Just yeah. I don't know, but at the very, off the tongue. At the very least, um, I think he's called like the Wraith Knight or something, or the Warp Knight or something. But anyways, at the very the least, Spider Warp Knight. At the very least, he is an exarch, yeah. of the Warp Spiders, and yeah. it's thought that he also might be the Phoenix Lord. Okay, yeah. so the role of the Warp spire, Spiders is to ambush. <laughs> Sometimes I can't read. Uh, the warp spiders excel in ambushing tactics. No, I think what happens is is you I, start the sentence with how you think it should be started. Is how it should have been started. Yeah, exactly. And then you start reading and uh, you're like, like, wait a second. That's not how it should right, be Right, exactly. That's not how it should be. So you end with how I wrote it, but you started it with how you wanted it. Mm-hmm. And the sentences don't mix. No, no. That that's the can't. problem here. I don't think because the ability to step <laughs> into the warp, they can appear at any place. What's that? I don't think because of their ability to step in the warp, they can appear at any place. They can. Anywhere within 100, uh, 300 feet. No, I don't. I, yeah. 
Where you? I'm just starting my own sentences and reading yours. Yeah, but so. that one actually made sense. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just confused, people. I'm super confused now. Okay. War so gear. The role. The role of the warp spider is ambush. Because they can step into the warp and step out, there's no warning or notice where they're going to strike. Not like swooping hawks, which emit that shriek or are a blur in the sky or can be tracked, right? Whereas these guys are literally stepping out of the warp. So there's no way to track them. That ah. makes them dangerous. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is interesting that they'd go into the warp. We'll go because... into like the, the oh, danger okay, well, of it. Just, it's, it's, it is then. interesting, but it comes later. I'm sorry. I'm just preempting because I find it interesting. <sighs> There's a cool video. Uh, Dawn of War 2 has a cool trailer with them. Show some like teleporting. Is that the one with the dreadnought? There is a dreadnought in it. I am destroyer. I have come worlds. to destroy you. Something yeah. like that. I burn with fire. <laughs> Some space marine type stomp. quote. Yeah. Stomp on my enemies. War gear. <laughs> the warp spiders use the shoot them heavier aspect armor, but even though this makes them slower, their ability to jump through warp negates this. Their armor is also uh, further warded against the dangers of the warp. Their normal color uh, of their armor, some variation of red and black. Yeah. So... The signature piece of equipment is the warp spider jump generator and is housed inside their backpack. And if you look at the model, it makes them all look hunchbacked or like they have like miniature bat wings on them. It's <laughs> I don't like it, but hey, that's why we need new sculpts. Um, but so this this backpack that they have allows the wearer to step inside the warp um, for jumps up to 300 feet, which is pretty far. Sure. Um, so this is where it gets dangerous, though, because you're right, James. Um once you're inside the warp, you're assaulted by visions, and they actually uh, describe it as being there's a hungering that's tugging on their spirit the whole time that they're in the warp, which is only ever alluded to Slanesh, you know, the she who thirsts, the great hungerer, the devourer, you know, like while they're in there, like there is the chance that their souls will be ripped out of their body forever. Yeah, like... My part of the problem I get with all of the kind of path of the warrior. There's no problem. Okay. <laughs> part of my I have the problem. The problem is with me, obviously. Yes. But my part of my problem with the path of the warrior for Eldar is sometimes like anything that's reckless just seems to fly in a little bit in the f- face of your Eldar. You gotta be like careful. And so the idea of like an Eldar playing with the warp just seems it's kind of brutal. Like <laughs> the idea that they're they're playing with things that they they're they more than anybody else are aware of how dangerous this is to play with. So it's just like that these guys are jumping into the warp is kind of, kind of trippy. Why would they do that to themselves? Why, why are you doing this? I might have a thought to that though. Sure. Just maybe though. I don't know if it's here. We'll see if it I comes. might well, have no, one. It's, uh, it's um, I, I think part of it is like, they're not themselves. Because when an Eldar is following the path of the warrior, part of who they are is like suppressed and sure. repressed, and they're representing Cain, and Cain doesn't care. Sure, that's true. Right, that's Cain fair. is just about death and destruction and retribution and vengeance and defense, and so in his mind, like if if he's like, I need to sacrifice something to save the people. I'm going to do it. Sure. And, I, I, and I think that might be sure. like a cheap, cheap out for it. But I think that is kind of what helps them get over, 
the thing yeah. is because they're kind of dead. Their senses are deadened sure. when they're in battle. I I just think that like the main characteristic of Eldar is the fact that they're kind of on the back foot. And they have to be so careful with all of their people. Yeah. That I, it's just it's just a little bit out of character from their general actions, but I guess it's a yeah, little bit of depth. They're normally they like to. put a stone on a planet to trip somebody so ten thousand years later they won't have to fight in the battle. Yeah. 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 Well that's it's one of the ways they do, and some craft roles yeah. are better at that yeah. than others. Or reading more this, focused. Reading on the, that. the the schemes of the fate. The schemes of fate, yeah. But yeah. I I also just think like Sometimes you just gotta go and punch some faces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need or to shoot them with them. death spinners, perhaps. Ooh, yes. I don't know anything about them. No, what? they're monofilament. Monofilament. <laughs> <laughs> it shoots monofilament silly string, and uh, it's a magnetic containment field that spools the wire together and then discharges it at a rapidly as it rapidly expands slicing through anything yeah. in its path so these weapons are described as they have to like spin up yeah so as like the gun is ejecting this monofilament thread it's going out and it's all spooling in this like i think of, i picture it like a ball that's like exit like out of the weapon it slowly grows as the thread adds to it and adds to it because there's just a magnetic ta- a containment field at the end of the weapon and you see this, you might not see the ball because they're monofilament, but it, if you could, that ball would gradually get bigger and bigger as it spools and spins up. And that's the magnetic field. And then all of a sudden when that disperses, it flings the ball forward and the ball then starts to expand into this net, this web, this net of monofilament wires. That sucks. That's awesome. Yeah. It's well, really it cool. You, if you get hit by it. No, that sucks. And then, uh, yeah, it's like if you even try to, so you get hit by it, it might not kill you, but then you try to wiggle free, it like, it tightens and like cuts into you and you can't like brush it off you and stuff. It's, it's not a good time. It's trap. Oh, pain to clean up after the real battle. pain. What's yeah, worse, that pain. or all the shurikens? Oh, it's, it's no good. <laughs> it's a zero sum game. <laughs> not very environmentally friendly there, Eldar. Well, no, they're biodegradable. Oh, are they? After 3000 years. Oh, yes. Which is a short time for Eldar. for an Eldar. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so that's the only real piece of war gear that they use. The Exarchs, um, however, they got their own stuff. So the the Warp Spider Exarch spends his time sharing the knowledge of death with his warriors. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. sure. It's a little dark. <laughs> They're experts at surprise assaults and. Get this. Mm-hmm. They know the best times to withdraw from combat. <laughs> mm. Or perform Only another hit and run attack. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm so wise. I know the best <laughs> things. So, <laughs> so much brain. Uh, an XR could add another death spinner to the one they're already carrying. Uh, or give them both up to carry a spinneret rifle. <laughs> yeah. And the, the rifle, instead of creating a cloud of filaments... It releases a single strand, which punches straight forward uh, through its target. Ah, so that's more like the silly string one. Yes, exactly. Mm. And then it recoils in a tight spiral. Mm. I think it like it like it turns into like a corkscrew and like rips (laughs) out whatever they're inside. Because these things are like they're molecularly thin. They are cutting you at a molecular level. So that means you don't feel it. I you wouldn't feel it for a heartbeat. I think perfect. While holding his uh, ranged weapon, an Exarch may choose to strap on power blades to their forearms, allowing them some combat utility while still being a deadly ranged combatant. 
So they got little. It looks so dumb, though. Yeah, they're a little weird. They're a little weird weapons. Yeah. But they got them. But it's cool. The, the, the other weapons are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those power blades are, are literally just power weapons. Yeah. So they've got that disruption field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, warp spider shrines, you've got the deathly web shrine. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of webs, I feel. <laughs> uh, th- then you've got the surprising shade gate. Oh, okay. Uh, Out of nowhere. Their warriors will (laughs) often withdraw to hidden positions (laughs) once entrapping their foes in monofilament wires (laughs) in order to watch them, their futile struggle. That's terrible. They they just trap them and then they just withdraw (laughs) and watch from a distance. Yeah. That sounds a little bit less Eldar and a little more Drakkar. Yeah. Uh Really? (laughs) There's a couple of these that are kind yeah, of... Yeah, they're a little they're, walking they're, the Kane the line. is not a nice person. <laughs> uh, then the last one is the Slicing Skeen Shrine. Mm. It's uh, only one web. Well, Skeen is kind of a. like a web. They okay. specialize in the art of ambush from multiple directions. <gasps> not just a single direction. <laughs> <laughs> they really branch out. All right, out. Mark. We're both going to step into the warp right now. And you're going to come out 10 feet away from me on the other side yeah. of that guy. Yeah, you, you're the exarch. You you know exactly when to <laughs> this is the hit perfect and when to run. <laughs> uh, okay, we have... Uh, oh, there's still, I guess... Okay, there's, there's one more cool one. There's one, one. more big one, yeah. and then we got a couple small ones. Shadow Spectres. This is Shadow one of the coolest ones. Shadow I like this Spectre. one the most, personally, I think. Shadow. Next Shadow. to Howling Banshees. Shadow Specters. They're Shadow. Asp- <laughs> Shadow. Shadows. Uh-huh. Uh, they symbolize the aspect of the eternal warrior, the idea that death is no release from duty. This is embodied in the process that the Shadow Specters Shadow. Who, di- <laughs> who die are then placed inside Wraithbone constructs, constructs, whose duty it is to guard the shrine. Yes, and these constructs have been guarding these shrines for millennia. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so the Phoenix Lord of the Shadow Specters. Shadow. There we go. <laughs> is uh, Irelek. And this is kind of cool. Once thought lost, his armor was only recently found. And Irelith has been successfully resurrected at this point. Cool. So this is one of those um, examples of a Phoenix Lord's armor. So the body he was in died. Yeah. And then the armor just lay dormant on a planet for thousands of years. Until somebody came across uh, Until it. they, yeah. like, there was this, I don't want to go too far into it, but someone heard rumors of it. They took this massive Perhaps campaign. Perhaps somebody was an Eldar? La, 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 la. <laughs> um, this, but there was a massive campaign to, to get this back because Phoenix Lords are just so important. Yeah. And eventually they got him and they were able to resurrect him. So cool. Success. Excelsior. We did it. <laughs> Shadow. Shadow. <laughs> Their role is uh, that of a highly mobile anti-tank hunter. Their long range weaponry, weaponry and versatile suits make them ideal for quick maneuvering and dealing long range death. Shadow. Nope. <laughs> oh, damn it. I get it. Uh, so the Shadow Specters wear a standard aspect armor in the terms of the benefits it gives. Um, but since their armor is meant to resemble ghosts or wraith constructs, it looks quite a bit different. 
um, in the shape of it, really. Uh, It's also normally colored white and green with strips of blue cloth fluttering around them, just trying to really give them that wraithly, ethereal vibe. Yeah. The Eternal Warrior vibe. They're normally equipped, or they're equipped with jetpacks to give them mobility and hollow fields, which mimics their surrounding terrain, makes them making the targets target invisible so like why would like striking scorpions not have this read the next part when the bearer (laughs) moves so a hollow field when you're standing still it mimics the terrain around you yeah right when you move though the field causes their image to burst into a cloud of light fragments Mm -hmm. um making targeting them all but impossible because it like sends like a checkered shape everywhere and you have you have no idea what's in front of you you can't be stealthy if you're moving and that's happening and so, sure. of course, why it's don't more you like, just turn it's it like off? running with flares, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Okay. Why don't you just turn it off while you don't want to be seen? Well, Mark, that's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll ask Games Workshop when I own them. Thank you. Well, you will tell Games Workshop. I'll tell them. Yes, I will tell them. <laughs> Look, you either change how hollow fields work or you give them to the damn striking scorpions. <laughs> you got two options. Yeah. <laughs> either you change how they work or i'm giving mark your personal number that's right and you're gonna have to deal with him you're gonna have to answer him. you're gonna get those 3 a.m text messages from mark because i'm sick of it you hear me <laughs> I, I can't get no damn sleep anymore let's whip out some shrines <laughs> shrines no or we're we not go on at? that we're not done yet <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> but yeah the hollow field <laughs> is, is kind of cool you looked so ready though i Wait, was just when you say up. shrines yeah, what, what are, which shrine to talk about? What are we whipping out? <laughs> Hand check. He looks so ready to talk about this. I was just setting him up. What's the difference between looking ready to talk about shrines and looking ready to talk about literally anything else? <laughs> it's the twinkle in the it's, eye. It's that There's a twinkle when you're talking about shrines. I, I was just setting him up, okay? I'm just trying to be a good participant in this <laughs> podcast. If you and you blew it. I just... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the, the hollow field is quite cool. Cool, because it's supposed to create like a, a a display that just confuses and confounds. Cool. Um, so shadow specters carry and use prism rifle. That's right, <laughs> an energy weapon that uses the same technology as the prism cannon, mm-hmm. just portable. And the prism cannon is quite a scary weapon. What what is that all about? Know. Okay. <laughs> Thank terrifying <laughs> what is it i don't know um the thing is like this is all forge world like forge world created this aspect yeah so i i don't know why i didn't just check the rules for them because also like prism cannons are on like uh wave serpents are and they? stuff yeah oh i didn't know that yeah um but yeah maybe not wave serpents what's their fire tank called <laughs> whatever <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Uh, Yeah, but it's like created a portable version. Um, So these weapons are terrifying on their own, but they become even scarier when used in conjunction with something called the ghost light. And that is a complex... (laughs) No! I guess. Whoa. Who said that? (laughs) Who's around me? Who said that? (laughs) Kevin? Is that you? (laughs) Say something else. Shadow. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's here, guys. Um, yeah, ghost lights it is a complex targeting matrix that allows all the shadow specters in a unit to combine their shots into a single beam of energy. This actually decreases the overall power 
oddly enough. No, no, no. Just continue reading. <laughs> then, <laughs> then if they had fired independently, but the range of the energy blast is increased beyond what should be possible. Yeah. It's like if they if there were eight of them and they all yeah. fired independently, the power of that is eight, mm-hmm. right? But if they all fire in a, a the ghost light, it might be a six or a seven. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Sorry, it would be. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It would be. But the benefit is. But the benefit is it extends the range tremendously, and it creates a blast, as opposed to like. Yeah, I mean, whatever it hits is going to be blasted. Sorry, that might have been a semantic thing. Because it's a single beam of Mm. energy. They're all combining into. Let our powers combine. So it's like the Death Star laser. Yes, exactly. So exactly like that. And it just goes farther? Yeah, way farther, though. But using this, like, it's said that um, they, if they can get, like, a couple shots off of this, like, as the enemies are meeting, they've already taken out targets, like, before the enemies, the, the armies have even clashed because they can just go beyond what anyone else can do. Hmm. It, would be, it would be interesting to see how it's represented on tabletop. I just... Yeah, I don't know, an eighth. Yeah, I didn't interesting. bother taking a look. Yeah, it might not even be an eighth. They are. The ghost lights are? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how that's actually represented, which I'll do after this, obviously. The Shadow Spectre Exarch is a master of, the, of ghost light. Ghost. And ghost. the... <laughs> And the specters are more effective if he is there to guide it. Or she, Eric. Sure. It. Zer. If Zer is there to guide it. Mm-hmm. Good man. Uh, and the Exarch knows the perfect time. Obviously. <laughs> to use and the, the perfect place. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the perfect way. And the perfect who. Uh-huh. Perfect what? The perfect they. Hmm. <laughs> the Exarch has access to they. other w- weapons than the prism rifle, such as the prism blaster, which is a more powerful version of the prism rifle. I love how they do that. It's like, we got two. One's more powerful. But we only give that to the we only give that guys. to one. That's, that's kind of only, the only if they want yeah. it. It's no. a sacred no, but weapon. Are they just running short on these they weapons? Might. Yeah. Are they, they're just too unwieldy for the regular grunts to use. I could understand that, but like the Exarch, like why would an Exarch ever use a prism rifle when he can use a prism blaster? <laughs> He likes the challenge. <laughs> okay. No, it costs more points. Uh, or, fair enough. Or the shrine might not have one. Sure, sure. Because these are sacred. It weapons, could have been right? lost. Yeah. yeah. Could they, have been destroyed. Rare. Like obviously, it's harder to make. And yeah. yeah. Um, they also use a haywire haywire launcher. That uh, it's a weapon sim. Wow, a weapon that fires rockets similar to haywire grenades, dealing significant electromagnetic damage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shadow. Say your line. Say your line. Shadow. No, no, not that line. <laughs> the other one. The other pew, one. pew. No, 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 no. The other one. I have so many lines. This is your chance. Peter, Peter, look excited. <laughs> <laughs> useless. <laughs> He's useless. Let's whip out the shrines. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got there. All right. Uh, Shadow specters because they are. Like a, you're supposed to tell him, Peter. Tell us about some shrines. <laughs> I said, whip out the shrines. <laughs> yeah, at the end, you'd... we're doing it now. <laughs> we're doing it live. So, because shadow specters are like Sh- a shadow. recently rediscovered aspect, uh, they don't actually have any shrines oh, to oh. talk about. There's there's none That's that are it. listed because they're still kind of new. And yeah, because they're, they're just getting a reestablishing yeah. themselves. Uh, in the Eldar. So there's no shrines to even whip out. This feels like a sham. <laughs> <laughs> I was betrayed. <laughs> it might be that 
three-inch shrine. I mean, yeah, maybe. That's all I got. More three-inch <laughs> shrines. So inappropriate, this, these jokes that we're making, okay? This is a family-friendly podcast. Not even Mic- close. Micropenis is an affliction that... It's death. One in four men. That's one right. In four? One in four. Okay. So somebody one, at this table... Two, someone three, at this table has four. it. And I really think if they did, <laughs> we would really be hurting their feelings right now by talking about this. So I think we should just stop. <laughs> Let's keep one in ten men are also gay. I I learned that statistic specifically in Calgary. I thought that was sure, (laughs) sure, sure. It's all made up. It's all not real. Well, of course, gay people aren't real. Oh my god! (laughs) I love love that look. Uh, Crimson hunters. Oh, was there more shrines? Perhaps no. Uh, There there aren't any shrines. Then Crimson Hunters. Yes, Crimson <laughs> Hunters. Uh, their aspect. So these Eldar attempt to master and replicate Kane's airborne pursuit. Oh, yeah. These are a joke. And superiority. Yeah. So now we've reached the joke ones. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Like, these are the dumb ones. Kane's airborne pursuit. <laughs> Kane was like he wasn't airborne. <laughs> He, he jumps. He likes yeah. to yeah, he, yeah. He just always had of leaving this desire. Tall trees. Yeah. He always had the desire to fly like a bird, and that's why he's so angry. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, never man. got to fly. Uh, the Crimson Hunters are an extremely rare aspect. Although because only the most childish of minds <laughs> right, exactly. fully understand <laughs> this the, desire. The, the airborne desire. <laughs> yeah. We, and it seems to like, we already have one of those. Why are we, why, yeah, why is this here? Hey, have you guys ever heard of the Eagle Pilots? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> We're the Crimson Hunters, man. <laughs> um, so they, although they are rare, there's recently been way more planted on craft worlds than previously. So th- yeah. they're growing as an aspect. Perfect way for Games Workshop to sell more models. That's right. Yeah. Or they could just build new sculpts. That's the, right. Their planes are pretty good. No, I don't want planes. I want Dark Reapers. Oh, shit. Um, so these Crimson Hunters give special veneration to the Elder God Kurnos, who is the Elder God of the Hunt. Mm-hmm. Which is dumb. Because <laughs> they're an aspect of Cain. Specifically, the airborne pursuit aspect of Cain. <laughs> right. Someone should, some, some would say they should just be an aspect of Kurnos. Or not even existent. Right. Some should whoa, say. Whoa, some would whoa. argue. Some would argue. Not me. I love all Eldar equally. But the coolest part about I these guys not. is their shrine uh, exists outside of the periphery of the craft world as a massive collection of tunnel-like a- uh, atriums? atriums. Atriums. Okay. In order for them to train. Yeah. So, so like it's this. outside the craft world. And craft worlds, remember, a- are massive. Yeah. And, and I guess we should say that these are... They fly airplanes. Like, oh, in case we didn't make this clear by... No, no, no. They psychically fly like <laughs> Superman. Yeah. <laughs> and that's their air superiority. Yeah. No, yeah. They pilot planes. So that's why they need their shrine has to be this massive thing outside the craft world. Because in order to practice, they just take so much space. Uh, their Phoenix Lord is unknown. Good. Riddance. Yeah. That's right. Their role is uh, airborne superiority. And to secure landing zones and provide air support, so that's fun. Yeah, very original. Very we original. haven't seen anything like that already. No, no. So it's a good thing these guys are here to fulfill that role. Mm-hmm. That's very much needed. Uh, the Eldar pilot the Nightshade Interceptor, which is a high-speed craft. This is the pinnacle of Eldar aeronautic ability, designed to destroy an enemy fighter. Yeah, they are primarily colored red. I mean, 
take a hint crimson mm-hmm. uh, with accents of bone and black and hunter yes what like <laughs> hunter green is a color <laughs> okay. uh the interceptor is equipped with two bright lancers and it's a laser weapon that uses psychically grown crystals as a focal point it it's is kind of cool yeah it's kind of cool it, it's always nice kind of yeah yeah and it's not just like uh it's not like star trek fluff where it's like photon blaster yeah the yeah hyperdensity velocituner (laughs) exactly that's a good one velocituners um (laughs) it is well known for its armor piercing ability and accuracy beyond that of an imperial las cannon so it's a laser gun yep uh it could also be equipped with a pulse laser which is a smaller version of a bright lance and it just fires more shots to reduce damage and range. Yeah. Uh, and then Exarchs of Crimson Hunters. So, I mean, obviously, they're just Crimson Hunters that have been around much longer and are lost on the path. And they know the perfect time. That's right. Uh, but they <laughs> pilot their They ship. equip their interceptors <laughs> with star cannons. And this is a plasma cannon that fires with the energy of a star. And they have two of them. Yeah. <laughs> so two stars. The interesting thing about this weapon, so it's a plasma weapon, and it's safer than standard Imperium plasma weaponry. Well, hello, almost everything is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it uses containment fields that even will will even have the weapon cool to the touch, which is a useful feature for an airplane. That's right. That's well, when you need to give it a pat for doing a good job. <laughs> good job, Bessie. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you, boys. Oh my god, it talked back. (laughs) Put it down, put it down. Put it down. Yeah. And that's that's about all we had for Crimson Hunters. Are there any shrines, Peter? Uh yeah, there's the Ascendant Strike Shrine. Uh then there's the Bloody Blade Shrine, which is The Bloody Blade. (laughs) Why do they have a blade on that? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Fly me closer so I can hit them with my sword. Uh they're the ones that are on a a satellite that circles the craft world Alatoc. Yeah, is that how I say? It's it? a pretty famous one, and uh, they were involved in the Karnak campaign. Oh, of course, some of of died. And that makes sense. Classic, classic. Yeah, and then there's the Mark. Falling Blood Shrine. What's the Karnak campaign? Uh, I don't want to spoil it for another episode. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Dodged it. Dodged it masterfully. Uh, and then the last one is uh, Scions of Curon. So, Scions of Curon. Scions. Yeah. Like Curon was. Uh, <laughs> like cars like the car that was the god of the hunt right kuros kuros is the god of the hunt yeah kuros scions Scions that's cool that they uh acknowledge that 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 makes i just i don't like that they're aspects it'd be cool if they were just a separate a separate thing that's a whole silly thing altogether for sure yeah i'm okay with them introducing another god like uh, like a representation of another god yeah well because they already have that in their mythology and we've seen other aspects that have come from other like, yeah. Eldar myth- mythological figures. Uh, yeah. Are you referring to the Howling Banshees? Yeah, or even yeah. like the Swooping Hawks. You know? No, no, but they're that, all Cain. Those are all Cain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but this connected one, to... But these ones specifically venerate a different god. To me, it's like, why are you meditating and like giving worship to this god when Cain is your patron? Cain is the aspect you're trying to. Cain pays the bills, right? That's what I'm saying. I have no problem with this, and with I have no problem with them venerating another god. They just shouldn't have been aspects. They should have just been like they're a different thing. But it's not like they say aspects is their thing. That's what they have. It's not like though that they say they don't. I know. um, 
it's, honor Kane. It's just say also honor the god true. of the hunt. It's that's just their true. aspect of Kane doesn't make sense and is weird. There's the right answer. That's the lame part. We did it. That that one's done. Let's never yeah. talk about them again. Yeah. Well, honestly, probably all of these we're never going to talk about again. Um, well, no, no. The slicing orbs of Zandros. <laughs> so we've got, I'm we've all got in. three more <laughs> aspects. So we'll go over them really quickly because they've got nothing. The Crystal Dragons are mentioned in passing on Craftworld LA Talk, but they might not exist on Craftworld LA Talk. It's just where they're mentioned. And, and do we really need another dragon aspect? I mean, I feel <laughs> yeah. like the dragon connection is already kind of loose. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing beyond this is known about them. Um, and then we have the slicing orbs of Xandros. And all we know about them is that this aspect is unique to craft world Xandros. I, I wonder if uh, like Games Workshop, whoever wrote these in, meant to put like shrines instead of like aspects. Do you feel like they're like placeholder aspects that could be developed over time? Like I don't feel like they, they wouldn't need are, to, though, right? Because yeah. although it would be nice, like if you're gonna use something in the lore or make a new story and it's about a totally new aspect, it'd be nice if it was like, oh, this has been mentioned before. I'm right, not just throwing sure. it out of nowhere. So oh, I agree. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a cooler way of doing it. If you're sure. dropping dropping hints along the way and you Th- take that's something that's how i feel about a lot up. of the like uh if we go way back to those minor xenos races <laughs> that we went over right mm-hmm. where there's a lot of those where they're mentioned in passing they're kind of just to me like placeholders that they can come back to at any time they can develop yeah. as new enemies or add a lot more information mm. ab- about them and so i i'm not I don't mind that they're there. They have names. They kind of yeah. exist. But then yeah. hopefully over time you can learn more about them. Yeah. Because we always, we've all talked about how pissed we are about Belisarius Cole creating <laughs> Primaris out of nowhere. And it's just annoying that that's just kind of dropped on you. Yeah. So if they... Because it wasn't established. There's, yeah. there's no precedence for his creating of that. But remember yeah, on so, uh, the Path of the Warrior book, page 247, <laughs> that uh, one guy mentioned in passing the Crystal Dragons... <laughs> well, no, but like <laughs> no, I, I know prefer that. I know At least it's established yes. that somewhere they're not just popping up out of nowhere. This sure. new thing that oh, it's been here the whole time. You just didn't hear about it. Sure, that's stupid. You know what? But, I definitely prefer that way, but I don't think they'll do that with this. Maybe not, but I think the idea that they leave it open is a good idea, and that's cool. Sure, sure. and I, w- I wish they do that with more things. Like you said, the minor Xenos. That's a good thing if if they finally decide to answer my emails that I send <laughs> weekly. When I, asking when for I a new Xenos race, I'll make them answer them. That that they pull one of the ones that they've already made instead yeah. of just oh, oh this guy's already been so here the whole many time. Better options than Tau. How dare you? Oh. No, I like the Tau. Oh. I like Ow. the aesthetic. I like how they Fight. work. <laughs> what I <laughs> what I don't like is their claim to galactic power. Sure, that's just their. Sh- I don't know why right. Games well, Workshop saying, does that. I'm saying though. there's so many better races that are yeah. better placed. To be a galactic yeah, but, threat. Yeah, but literally all Games Workshop would have to say is Tau have warp travel, and now they're a galactic player. No, not necessarily. Absolutely. That's the only thing holding them back. Well, that and their small lifespan. And, that doesn't matter. And small numbers, too. And very but small But when you have numbers. alien auxiliaries, numbers don't matter. Sure, but now... but. If when every the, time the modeling of that starts to get wild, I would, and they it, won't do if it. If you oh, want oh, sure, to do that, but. I would rather see 
way more auxiliaries than Tau because it would make more sense that oh, you have sure, a small sure. outpost of Tau and then the entire army on the planet is made up of oh, yeah. native no, species. No, no, I was so saying that, is they were somehow intentionally written and are still being written mm, as to like be an purposely underdog. small, yet there's yeah. no reason for it. Of course. And it's but silly. as it stands... And it wouldn't take are, much to change. As it stands, there yeah. are races that are better suited sure. to be on the tabletop than Tau. Name one. The Sloth. Name two. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> the Osiren Cybrids. Name three. Uh, that's another one I really liked. What was that one that had the I'm not telling. the railways between planets? Oh, I know what they are, but I'm not telling. Oh, there was <laughs> Screw you. I'm going home. I did I took the I don't know if you guys took the community survey. I did. Uh, but I didn't. My thing was at the end, please introduce a new Xenos race. A new faction that's not Imperium, please. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a dream? Wouldn't eh? that be that's nice? A, a or even dream. just a new model that's not Imperium would be nice. <laughs> yeah, like, it'd be nice no, to get something other no, than or a even Primaris just a new lieutenant. Yes, I was going to say. <laughs> just drop a non-Primaris lieutenant. <laughs> oh my god, new intercessor kit? What? <laughs> I was expecting this for 10 years. It's actually a 10-man lieutenant squad. <laughs> no! <laughs> got you, you, got you again. Let, let's talk about the last aspect here, then we're pretty much done. Yes. And we got a little more t- topic. But. The very last one. Uh, the Ebon Talons, there is no There's information. No information. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. That's the last one we had. Classic. That's, that's all we had for aspects. So that's, that's a lot of aspects that we went through. Yeah. So let, let's talk about which one your favorite is we'll go with you eric first okay um i think for me it's going to be dark reapers sure um partly because of their origin story which we didn't talk about which we will talk about at some point so that is already like a hook in me but as well their the idea of like functioning with precision and that destruction just meeting out mass destruction but as efficiently as possible sure it's kind of cool yeah no it's cool yeah Yeah. that the dark reaper that's my favorite Hmm. we know yours james but tell us why you like them so much the striking scorpions they're i first of all i think just like the way their models look the way they the green is just it's there's not a lot of things on the tabletop that come in that just bright green and just the yeah, models yeah, look really it's good. It's almost like, like a lime green. Almost. Yeah. It's not quite that bright. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. It just stands out. And I think their models look really cool. Just like you said, they kind of like predator elements a little bit in there too. It, they stand out from the Eldar army in general a little bit as well. I just think they're really cool model wise. The lore was less the reason I, cause they were the first thing I saw when they just I, caught your eye. Yeah. And, yeah. Fair enough. They're they, just modeled really cool. They are very unique to the Eldar for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. It's the murderous rage that I see that really sets them apart. Mm. Cause most Eldar have a pretty tight reign. Yeah. On cause their, they have to. Their, yeah, exactly. They have to, or else they'll experience too much. Right. But these guys are more than willing to, kind of let themselves go and allow this part portion of them to just run wild yeah peter uh for me i'd go with the dire avengers going back to part one of our conversation just kind of you vanilla pudding no I, <laughs> that's I what think, that is no way I, <laughs> it's I, vanilla boring. pudding not ice cream even <laughs> no i hate pudding <laughs> oh 
Uh, so what, what draws you to Sorry, that? Peter, I don't mean that to That they're noble, <laughs> <laughs> yet merciless. <laughs> uh, I like the connection to a sermon. Uh, I like uh, all of you're the, the lore. You're the first, right? You're the, you're the first. Yeah, the first, the greatest. Yeah. I, I like that they, their connection to like the seers or like any sort of honor honor guard or anything Yeah, yeah, like that was that. a cool thing and, I learned about them, yeah. And, and I cool. like just the, their tactics, that they're like really flexible. They can do a lot of different things. And You like their shuriken robes? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Those are dumb. Uh, All right. Mark, <laughs> what's your favorite aspect? Uh, yeah, I said it a couple times was Howling Banshees. And same reason as you, like, when I first seen it, it just, like, popped out. I just like their model. Like, the white bone-colored armor and then, like, the, the flaming red hair, like, just as a very cool-looking model, mm. plus boobies. But if oh, I had to pick a second of one, course. the... the yeah, so th- that's Shadows. specifically the model. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, based like on that, story. He, yeah, based on story, uh, it's not the Howling Banshees. Like, right. they're cool and whatever, but uh, based on story, it's the uh, Shadow Specters. Shadow. Yeah. Shadow. Yeah, it's just like the Eternal Warrior. I've always loved, like, Wraith Not lights. even in death does duty end. Yeah, that's such, like, death. a 40K line. Duty and, is uh, heavier than a mountain. Death is lighter than a feather. Fuck. <laughs> My God! So, so Eric, you were saying you're, when we do a new RPG, you're gonna make like a samurai character, and yeah. you're only gonna talk like what I'm you just did. I'm only gonna talk in quotes, but also there's like a little soundbite of like a Japanese garden, you know. <laughs> so anytime someone asks me something, I'll Holy play that fuck. sound quote, and they'll be like, "Death is uh, no duty is heavier than a mountain. Death is lighter than a feather." <laughs> just have like pages uh-huh. of like Japanese like. Uh-huh haikus yeah it'll be so good uh, if only we could finish our current one you looking at you jimothy <laughs> i'm very sorry yeah <laughs> oh i try God, so hard it's been like two months <laughs> yeah it's been a while anyways uh, you're talking about the, shadow the, specters. yeah the shadow specters i just like that undying i've always like wraith wraith knights wraith lord wraith blades like the whole idea of taking like deceased eldar and putting them into soul or putting them into like the constructs it's cool and they kind of mimic that while they're still alive it's kind of yeah i kind of like it it's the to them it's almost the idea of like even when we die we're going to be doing the same thing yeah like so every one like of we're these guys already dead technically yeah, like every one of these guys they're guaranteed going into uh, a wraith blade a wraith knight like, yeah like yeah exactly so. it, 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 yeah it's kind of the idea that like i'm devoting my life to this yeah and beyond that i'm devoting my death to yeah. this as it, well it, it almost which is even crazy to think about yeah because it it's eternal do, yeah it almost seems to like all of them are lost on this path hmm. like because they're that committed to like we're already dead like not that they actually are but it seems sure. that way it feels like that's the commitment you need to make in order to actually without actually represent yeah. this aspect interesting so, yeah i never really thought about it that way so yeah i kind of like them so um cool, cool. so the the other question i had was we kind of talked a little bit about it last episode about how you would make your own aspect and if that's possible and what would you do do any of you guys have, like, if you could come up with your own aspect to represent, like, what would they be their fighting style or what would be kind of their flavor? Silence. Mm. <laughs> okay, so I think that's pretty tough. Sure, especially on the spot. On the spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll throw it out to the audience. If they've made yeah. up their own aspect, yes. let us know. Oh, my know. God, yeah. If you have an aspect yeah. that you've created and you want to give us, like, a couple 
thoughts on like hey what aspect do they represent yeah and like what's their fighting style what role do they fulfill and if we can fit it in like under five minutes yeah like we'll share it here really quickly we'll do it on an episode we won't do it on a bonus episode yeah do it on a list or lore or something no but... we'll do it on a regular episode oh sure okay. if it's if it's small enough oh sure if you sure. want to submit an entire sure. story we're doing that on listener sure lore. but if you want to give us a quick blurb on an aspect on how you would do it i would be more than happy yeah to read that out loud um, but I, personally i would have to think about it um I, I don't know i have a very particular idea of what kane is sure and how he should be represented which i know is not how everyone feels it is so i i'd probably have to put a little more thought yeah into it for me either of you two have one if not i got one the only thing i would think is that i'd want i i like i said it before i i like the idea that they actually have practical battlefield roles mm, yeah yeah and that it makes like sure it's great to have somebody who's like we're the heavy hitters we're the melee guys or the whatever but yeah making uh, a little bit more sense as a practical but more general general yeah just like yeah. or a practical battlefield yeah. role like the skirmishers that makes sense but then yeah. you need maybe we have a what about being a striking scorpion doesn't make battlefield sense to you it no that does i just mean that like specifically i'm talking more about like the guys who are we're just here to hit tanks the fire dragon yeah the fire dragons the, yeah there's a couple that are kind of like and that. there's another like just being a, a sniping that sniping one is a good one too the uh oh, crap yeah, dark yeah, reapers sorry yeah those guys also have a good battlefield role but just like it was specifically I guess there's the, one or two the dragons that you just didn't yeah get the, with. Okay. yeah hmm. i think that that would be that's Being more important yeah. to you. You see, I just I like from my background, especially like doing a lot of history stuff. I just it make needs to make sense in my brain. Sure. Don't really rise at me, you <laughs> sucker. You know what, guys? Uh, was it this week? When was your last test? Monday was okay. So test. on Monday, James finished his degree. This is his second degree that he's done. James, congratulations! Thank he's you. Done, obviously, seven and a half years, buddy. That's awesome. That's yeah. two degrees now yeah, that you that have. Been a lot I will of never go back. And you're never going back. You don't need to anymore. Nope. So congratulations. Thank you. Uh, but your first degree was in history. history. Yeah. And that's why he's such a nerd <laughs> and a loser. Christian, uh, every time I see him, he's like, we got to do that bonus episode, that history one. Yeah. So one day we'll have to do that. Yeah. Except yeah. you're probably free all the time. And you're free all the time. And I'm free all the time. Wait, could you possibly mean... <laughs> Christian, Christian is the problem? Fault? No. My God. That man is anything but the worst, isn't he? That's what I thought. Anything but the worst. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll be a fun It'll be a fun. Yeah, that'll uh, be cool. Because yeah. I don't know nearly as much. I'd, I've never cared. I've made up a lot of history, but yeah, I don't think that sure. counts. Not as much. No, it's. Oh, yeah. there, I think Christian has a different idea of how he'd go about it than I do too. So it would be it'd be kind of yeah. cool to get a couple different perspectives yeah. on it. Well, he so. doesn't have a history degree, so don't no, worry about he it. just makes up crap. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> he watches YouTube videos. <laughs> That's right, um, Peter. If you could make one up, do you yeah, have we one? gave nope. you all this time. I know I've been racking my brain trying it's to think. Of of, I mean, when you're looking at like the, from an army list kind of standpoint, it, it's hard to necessarily say that. Sure, there's something that I see that isn't already <laughs> as somebody who has available. Vast yeah, exactly. Tabletop experience. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. Um, the one aspect I would like to see is like um like a psychotic killer where it's like very calculated and like calm. Like a serial killer? Yeah. Like And it, like lone wolf style? Are they like characters? No, no, there's like an aspect. Like they could be 
No, no, like, no. I mean, like, but do they, they function in units? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. They could function independently. I haven't really thought. I'm just more Well, think of, like, how a solitaire functions independently or, yeah, or a death jester. Yeah. Like, it could be that. I'm thinking more just, like, the aspect of, like, the the calculated psychotic killer where it's, like, very much, like, every move is calculated. Every Like, I know sure. they kind of do that. Every aspect kind of does that already. But these guys are, like, very emotionless, very, like, me- mechanical would be another sure. good word for it. Yeah. Soulless, almost. Soulless, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure, you could almost take that even further though, and do the opposite, right? Like a true psychotic man, and that would be another good one. Yeah, um, like, but Kane, that's kind of that's what happened kind with of the, striking into the striking scorpion. scorpion. Yeah. yeah. And, so, but I also kind of see your guys as a little bit striking scorpion as well. It's the methodical, the patient. Well, not more patient. Well, I, I but guess more that's pre- an, precise. It's, it's got an element yeah. of half of. Half yeah. of the scorpions either way. Six of one and half dozen of another. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. That's that's kind that of my, be kind of cool. Thought, and yeah. you, you think they function as, like, an assassin? Oh, they could, sure. Because as, yeah. as, as soon as you said, like, a uh, cold methodical killer, yeah. I'm picturing, like, imperial assassins as Eldar. Yeah, that could be cool. And that's why I'm wondering, oh, like, are they, there's just, like, one of them. Yeah. And think about it. If you're yeah. in a shrine, who wants to hang out with another assassin? Especially one that has like no, no people skills. Exactly. Like very, very much. All he knows is just how to dismantle. How to court. kill? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That could be very interesting. It's yeah. like a, a shrine that they inhabit only. Yeah, and they're the exarch and the uh, the aspect. Or there's like uh, just one other one with them because you have the to always. Two. You always have to be able to pass that down to the next one. You like that, hey Peter? <laughs> the rule of two. Oof. And you have to kill your, you have to kill your master and then Oof. become the exarch and then you have oh to take god. an apprentice. Oh my god! That would build a giant space station that blows. You don't need up. to do that, <laughs> but you could. But you could because you could do it like world. you could even do it like three times and it keeps getting if you blown needed up, to. And then they keep remaking a bigger one. <laughs> I like this. The next time it'll just be a solar system sized death death <laughs> system. <laughs> The death system. The death system. <laughs> and then once that's done, it's got to be galaxy sized. It has to be. It has there's to nothing be. else. And then the whole universe is just one giant oh, universe no. killer, but there's nothing else there's nothing other to than. Kill. Yeah. It's just. We God, kill ourselves. God, we finally won. <laughs> <laughs> Rubbles are just running down hallways in yeah, this exactly. universe sized <laughs> place. Oh, but wait, God. if we blow it up, we die. Oh, no. <laughs> no, honestly, like. Having like a single <laughs> apprentice and a master totally would make sense for this. Like their skills that they've honed this entire thing, their philosophy, their meditation, they're passing on to one person. Yeah. Because they can't, you can't handle anyone else. Yeah. And then and what, it takes a very special person to be the apprentice. And then yeah. what you've, your final test is killing To your kill master. your master. And then once you've done that, okay. Because that's your, your psychotic, yeah. it proves your skill. Yeah, yeah. And, but then because he doesn't really die, he joins you in the Exarch armor Right, oh and then you, you gain his <laughs> any other things that he might have had, and yeah. their psychic. Energy. And these shrines don't last very long because after like you have like ten of these psychotic people in one shrine, it, it, it's like you have to shut her down because it's just too much crazy in one spot. But yeah, that's an interesting. That's kind of what I I think. Like it, it could obviously be fleshed out a lot. Of but. course, yeah, but it's a cool bones thing. So yeah. what what aspect of Kane do they represent? If you had to put it in like two words, like. Mm, murderous shadow shadow <laughs> murder it's got to be some sort of like murder animal because there's, there's a lot of like yeah. animal stuff going on we got scorpions and dragons yeah like there has to be like a cat like cats are one of the animals that no, are like known to like toy with their Panther. prey 
Ooh. What? Murder the, Panther. Mur- the Murder Panther. <laughs> there we go. We did it. No, 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 no. No. no, I'm not saying a name. I'm, I'm not saying what name they are. Or like, what aspect. Like, yeah, like, Dire Avengers are, like, merciless. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what are these guys? Yeah, I, I, I can't, like, I'm not good with words. Like, is methodical is like kind ha- of what's coming up. Yeah, like, methodical murders. That's come up quite a couple yeah. times. Like, I just see it like that. Like, soulless has come up. Airborne superiority. <laughs> Monomolecular. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. That's all. Cool. Could flesh that out. Yeah. Not going to. No. But we could. But we could. We could do a lot of things. We could do a lot of things. Cool. Well, we did it. Cool. Good job, team. Uh, yeah, part two. Anything else we want to add? I think I'm good. Jimothy? I want to shout out to uh, um, all the the single ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you're married. (laughs) They don't know that. Well, now they do. (laughs) Thanks, Eric. There goes his true shot. (laughs) His one true shot. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Peter. For joining us. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Always a pleasure. That's to what, you. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> to you. For you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's more uncomfortable if you're actually here, just so you know. <laughs> it's weird. It's the, weirder the in real was, life. Uh, last episode, there was like super awkward vibes for some reason. <laughs> in like the first 10 minutes. Yeah. And it was so it funny because I. Weird, man. In the room, it was like so awkward. <laughs> so, Mark. <laughs> After we were done recording, Mark's like, hey, like, we should listen to that and see what parts to cut. And I, looked, I was like, it was so weird, wasn't it? It was so weird. And Mark's like, I know. What was deal with that? So, like, we never cut anything. No. And that time it was, like, so weird that I'm like, we should cut something. And we never cut. No. So then I like, listened we, to we it. And never I'm like, oh, that's just our standard uh-huh. Lorehammer jibber jabber, actually. Yeah, we're just being morons. <laughs> did, weird. You, did you find it weird, Peter? Uh, yeah, it was a little awkward at right? first. It was just Apparently, a little uncomfortable. Everybody just kind of getting that into the Frankie flow vibe. It must have been Frank. Well, I think because well, Frankie been. hadn't been on since like the second episode you guys did. Yeah, so, he, was, I mean, he was a little a nervous, Nelly. Well, spell. that was the one thing he said. He's like, "Oh man, like I can feel my hands getting all sweaty." <laughs> 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 Something like that. Like, like he knew we all felt the awkwardness. <laughs> Holy shit! But it was good. It was good. Yeah, it, it came out like like you couldn't even tell yeah, that no, we perfect. were all. Perfect. A bunch of idiot. Our feet are just there like idiots. <laughs> That's a brand line for you. He's, uh, we're, we're sitting on the couch and he's like, man, don't you just hate it when you're sitting here with a girl and your feet are just like idiots? <laughs> Like, what the hell? So the next day he builds a coffee table <laughs> so he can put his feet on. <laughs> Classic brand. Oh, man. That man. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us on Lorehammer, guys. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, it, it was a good. This was a good episode. We had some good stuff. So, and uh, I guess we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, have a good one. Peace. You're not gonna say goodbye, Peter. I I have nothing else to say. No, he wasn't. Just, just welcome. Say he wasn't. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Oh. See you later. It's like pulling teeth with these.
credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.